Instead of syncing your phone with iTunes, downloading an MP3 into your mobile device, you can stream episodes of MTR with the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Stitcher allows you to listen to My Take Radio via your 4G, 3G, or Wi-Fi connections. Downloading it is quick and easy. Head over to stitcher.com forward slash my take and you'll even be eligible to win some money. Enter my take all one word in the promo box and you'll be eligible to win $100 courtesy of my take radio and Stitcher. MTR Live starts right now. This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. What's up, guys? My Take Radio, episode 162 for Thursday, November 8th, 2012. Our call-in number is 347-324-3541. Again, that call-in number 347-324-3541. Our feedback line is 347-815-0687. That's 347-815-0MTR. All right, we got a lot going on. First up, obviously, we are recovering not only from Hurricane Sandy here in New York City, but we are also recovering from a nor'easter that we had yesterday. Uh, the chances of the show going on air today were extremely slim um, due to the gas shortage here in New York City. Uh, I actually, this is actually going to be the opening monologue so you guys can laugh at my misery, but as you know, most of our New York residents know, there is a gas shortage for those of you outside of New York City uh, the hell with you guys, because you guys got gas. Anyway, basically, I drove up to my office yesterday after, you know, yesterday morning and started snowing insanely, insanely heavy. Roads looked like garbage. Uh, there was no salting, no plowing. Um, the search for gas continued as I was trying to find a place with a short line where I can fill my tank and go about my business. Unfortunately, that did not happen on my drive home. My wife said to me, oh, you know, there's a gas station by your house. Uh, somebody used the Gas Buddy app, and they said there was gas uh, 15 minutes ago. Okay, cool. So I drive down as slow as humanly possible because the roads look like something out of Alaska. Managed to get to the line. It wasn't super long. Proceed to stay on the line for about an hour and a half, and we get to the gas pump. I get out of my car ready to pay, put gas, you know, the, 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 the liquid gold. And when I walk inside, the attendant says to me, we are out of gas. So I was online for almost two hours, get to the pump, have my car ready to put gas in it, and they run out of gas. To say I was livid is putting it mildly. So 
I took my car with its quarter tank of gas and brought it home, and that was pretty much it. And this morning, I got to enjoy the beautiful public transportation that New York City has to offer as I took the bus to work today because I didn't want to spend the remaining quarter tank either running around searching for gas or just being stuck in traffic. So I left my house at approximately 10, 10.30 this morning. I didn't get to my office till 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I actually ended up walking three or four miles only because the bus wasn't showing up and I decided let me keep walking until the bus does. So I walked pretty much into a into a separate town here in New York uh, going from Queens into Long Island, an area called Belrose. So ended up walking there and then hopped on the bus, which was for some reason a thousand degrees hotter than it should have been uh, to add to the hell of already getting on the public transportation system. It was the fact that the it was helter swelter in there and people were just complete idiots on that bus. But that's a separate story. Nonetheless, took the bus back completely empty and I decided to, to do the show. A couple of things also... Uh, there was some really big MMA news this week, and I figured that the show would be therapeutic enough for me to get a lot of stuff off my chest. So there you have it. Uh, it is gas apocalypse. Um, I'm waiting for the locusts and the frogs to fall from the sky at this point because Mother Nature hates our guts here in New York City. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Needless to say, there is snow on the ground, ice in the streets, giant puddles, people that can't drive. Yeah, it's going to be a long couple of days. My hope is that now that the city instituted a even odd system for you to get gas, which is basically if your license plate ends in an odd number and it's on an odd day of the week, for instance, tomorrow being the ninth, you'll be able to get gas. I, much to my, much to my shock, my license plate has an even number, so I won't be able to get gas till Saturday or Monday, one of the two, so... There you have it, guys. Completely sucks. Anyway, let's get a couple of things out of the way. We are, if you've been by the fan page, running a caption contest for Red vs. Blue Season 10 on Blu-ray. And we got a lot of great captions. And, of course, the intention was to award the caption with the most likes the prize, of course. So... Turns out that actually Andrew turned out to be our winner. He ran away with it with nine total likes for his comment. The picture that we used for the caption was Vigo, uh, was Bob Ross painting Vigo the Carpathian from Ghostbusters 2. Being an 80s baby, I have a fondness for the Vigo character. If you haven't seen Ghostbusters 2, what the hell is wrong with you? Anyway, uh, Andrew is our winner, so he will forward me his address and I will send him Red vs. Blue Season 10 on Blu-ray. I do have a best of Red versus Blue on DVD, which depending on the call volume for this evening, maybe I'll give it away to a caller. And lastly, we have a Red versus Blue uh 10 years complete box set in in Blu-ray, 14 discs. Uh we're finalizing the review for that and we will be giving that away. I'm trying to figure out a cool way to do that. I will say that for that contest, most likely staff will be excluded, obviously, uh, for for a couple of reasons. But number one being that it would it would eliminate just certain things. So that's going to be the plan for that. The red versus blue box set will most likely either be given away if we do a live stream or maybe we'll give it away on air or maybe we'll do a Twitter giveaway. Who knows? But the red versus blue box set will be our next giveaway 
uh, courtesy of our friends at New Films. So be on the lookout for that in the coming days. Lastly, I've been seeing a tremendous number of people getting the show from Stitcher. Thank you very much for that. Just a quick, a quick reminder that you can listen to 96K stereo episodes of MTR with the Stitcher app. You can get that stitcher.com forward slash my take. If you actually enter my take in the promo box, you'll be eligible to win $100 courtesy of MTR and Stitcher. So if you want to use Stitcher to listen to the show, you can do that. As always, thank you for your check-ins on Get Glue. Our t-shirt designs are pretty much finalized. Just got to give some people some money and we can take it from there. Last but not least, there are new articles on MyTakeRadio.com. Of course, Ben's Fighter of the Month. We got a couple of movie trailers up. I know Slick is working on some stuff. We got a new Buried from John Blade. And I'm going to have some other stuff up this week as well. It was my intent to have reviews for Wreck-It Ralph and Man with the Iron Fist. But given the fact that it is pretty much a complete Mad Max realm over here, I decided not to do it. But we should have some reviews in the coming days for that. Same thing for Skyfall as well, since I got some tickets courtesy of Sony for that. So be on the lookout. Uh, MTR Behind the Mic and Beyond the Mic will be getting new guests, um, including Todd McFarlane, uh, possibly Blair Butler in the coming weeks if we get that finalized, and a couple of other people as well. All right. Tonight's topics. We got a lot of stuff going on with Strike Force. Ben is going to be joining us to talk about the Stefan Bonner suspension and some of the MMA news as well. We got a ton of wrestling news, including Raw, SmackDown, which actually aired Tuesday, plus Impact. So there's going to be a lot to discuss with regards to that. I I am not going to do the Ultimate Fighter recaps anymore for a couple of reasons. Number one, the show's just, I've lost complete appeal. Number two, I've missed a couple of episodes, either because, like I said, my DVR voluntarily decided that I shouldn't watch it anymore or something else, but... I'm not going to cover the Ultimate Fighter anymore. I'll just discuss the finale when it goes down. Because like I said, this season just hasn't impressed me. And to fast forward through you know, the entire episode and get to the end just to see the fight, it's, it's not doing anyone any favor. So I'm taking a brief hiatus from doing any more Ultimate Fighter recaps. So there you have it. Um, we're definitely going to talk about something that's been making it the rounds, which is the Let Me Bang Bro. And Ben is going to explain that to those of you that aren't familiar with what's going on with that it is very very amusing (laughs) um last bit of things i gotta get out uh like i said our one of our listeners da silva he is doing movember or no shave november however you want to do it if you're interested in helping him out our links will be in the show notes also our buddy adam j from adam j photography is working on a new uh female robocop photo shoot that he wants to try and do He also wants to try and work on a female Voltron, but he's going to need some help for it because it's going to involve building some stuff, getting some storyboards set up. So he actually launched an Indiegogo campaign, and I think he's only trying to raise $2,500. It's not too bad, and um, be on the lookout for it because, like I said, if you want him to do the female RoboCop, Adam J was a great interview for for our Beyond the Mic series, and he's just a, a kick-ass Brit doing some really cool stuff, just living the dream. You guys will be able to check out the link for that in the show notes. All right, let's get into MMA. Our MMA segment is brought to you by MMA Warehouse. Get all your great MMA shirts, gear, rash guards, geese, uh, fight shorts, fight gloves, the works. You can get that at MMAWarehouse.com. Make sure to click the banner on MyTakeRadio.com. It is 
an affiliate banner, so it does help us out, but you'll be able to get some great gear from MMA Warehouse. As always, just a quick reminder, if you are doing any shopping, hit up our affiliate Amazon store, and you can get the shopping done via Amazon and help MTR in the process. All right, so we're using a brand new soundboard this week, uh, pod producer, so we're going to see if it can play some sound effects with uh, minimal issues. And uh, let's get the ball rolling with the MMA segment. All right, there's a crazy amount of news going on. So I'm going to bring Ben on because he's going to help me with the MMA segment this week. And especially as exhausted as I am, I'm glad Ben decided to step up and give me the assist. And of course, I'm sure Slick will as well. All right, let me bring Ben on. Ben, my friend, welcome back. What's up, man? I'm sorry to hear about the craziness going on in New York, man. Dude, it is. It is. it really is some real Mad Max shit. But the problem is, too, that people are a bunch of panicky bitches. I'm 100% sure of it. Um, primarily because people are going, buying gas, filling their cars, stockpiling the bottles of gas, and then selling the bottles of gas on Craigslist. That's how crazy wow. shit has gotten. Guys are online. They, they they go, they roll three or four deep. They have them on, on the car line. Then they send two of their buddies on the, on the, on the can line to fill, you know, the gas containers, and then they meet at the corner, and they throw them all in the trunk, and I saw that happen today. Now, you would you could say to yourself, yeah, well, maybe they got a couple of cars. No, because these are dudes that they'll go, they'll drive down to the next station, pop open the trunk, and say, yo, I'll sell you a container for $75. This wow, is, this, man, is how, this is how crazy, this was the kind of shit I saw while I was walking to, you know, walking... Uh, waiting for the bus today. Just dudes, just doing some real grimy shit. So we're going to see if this even-odd system that they do works. I mean, they implemented it in Jersey, so it should be all good, but who knows at this point. Yeah. And, of course, people blame, yeah, I, I people blame Obama. <laughs> people blame Obama for <laughs> everything. He's making hurricanes happen. Yeah, he made a hurricane. <laughs> he farted. Hurricane came out of his ass, blew away half of New York. Yeah, it's cool. But, um... Yeah, shit is bad. But let's get into the the meat and potatoes. The MMA this week has been bananas, especially with the news that broke a couple, uh, an hour or so before we went on air, which we're going to discuss. But let's talk about Stefan Bonner and Dave Herman. Stefan Bonner got popped, tested positive for um, uh, drostanolone, which is an anabolic steroid. Herman was flagged for marijuana metabolites. So the crazy thing is... Stefan Bonner announced his retirement, but from what I've heard, he's being suspended from the sport for a year. So let's start with, with let's start with the with the minor, which is Dave Herman getting popped once again for the weed. What do you think? Yeah, I don't. I don't think. First of all, I mean, not that I'm a pothead. I'm not gonna say I'm a pothead, but the weed doesn't enhance anything. You. It's not going to help you be a better fighter at all. I don't understand why he got in trouble for it. I don't understand why Diaz got in trouble for it. Nope. Shit. It, it, it makes absolutely no sense to me that it's even something they test for. This seems like a waste of money. 
quite frankly, as, as long as the dude, to me, as long as the dude is not coming to the cage high, it doesn't matter if he lights up one before he even gets to the arena. As long as he's not high when he steps in that cage. Yep. You don't draw, you don't draw a test for for alcohol. I mean, you know, you know what I mean. Like it's not it's not helping him fight better. And this is the second time Dave Roman has gotten popped. I think this is the second time in two fights he's got popped for for uh, being on pot. So, I mean, I don't know. It's just dumb on his part for even getting caught because you know they're testing for it. But still, it, it's stupid that they're even testing for it in the first place. Yeah, it's the, the the crazy thing with marijuana, and I, you know, I don't, I don't use it. I don't, I'm, I don't pass judgment. I know enough dudes that are potheads. The fucking guys open a bag of weed and swallow it in the blink of an eye. So I don't pass judgment. Like I said, most of the times, the the guys I know, and I know guys that they lift weights. They're they're super strong dudes. They eat they eat weed basically, and. It doesn't. It doesn't impede nor enhance their athletic performance. I've seen guys walk into the gym high and do a 500 pound deadlift, walk out, go next door, and eat six tacos from Taco Bell and wash it down with a protein shake like it's nobody's business. So, to to sit there and and say that there's any sort of enhancement is in is insane logic from start to finish. Now I'm a little bummed out in Stephen Bonner's case because. This isn't the first time Bonner's been popped, number one. Number two, it's like, dude, you juiced to fight Anderson Silva, and it wasn't even a contest. So, That's one thing that bothers me about it. Also, it, it's the flip side. What if he had won? Like, like what if he came in there and, and, and on the off chance knocked Anderson Silva out? Yep. Like, the fact that he doesn't have the... Um, I don't want to say honor because honor isn't really the right word. The uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. The, the maybe self-respect to to try to do something like that, like man to man. Like he knew that was in his system, it, and and I hope he he. I mean, I haven't seen him say anything like, "Oh, um, I didn't know." He knew that was in his system, and that, that, to me, that's a bitch move. Like, dude, just go in there and take your ass looking like a man. If you won't lose. Take it like a man. Don't, don't, don't roid up, and then then get your ass whooped. It looks even worse. And now he's supposed to be in the UFC Hall of Fame, which isn't is the bull is bullshit. The UFC Hall of Fame is bullshit. Like they put the, in people they like. The UFC so, Hall of Fame is like the WWE Hall of Fame. <laughs> exactly, it's people they like. It's, yep. It, it, you don't, you, it doesn't matter what you did for MMA. It's who you like. Besides the fact that Stephen Bonner was already kind of a mediocre fighter, this just changed his legacy even more. And I, it's really unfortunate to me that he decided to do this on a fight that he clearly knew this was going to be his last fight. Exactly. That's the only he, did. he clearly was like, win or lose, I'm done after this. And it's, it's just unfortunate that, you know, um, that he did it. No, I, I, I was bummed. I, I've always liked Stephen Bonner, and yeah, you know, his... His fighting prowess, you can you, you can question it for obvious reasons, but you know what? Until I set foot in a cage, the dude the dude went in there and he did his he did his business. It was it was always exciting to watch. It was always bloody. It was always violent. I mean, his his war with Kristoff, his war with Forrest. I mean, yeah, it, not for nothing. He's part of John Jones's highlight reel, so he helped John Jones along the way too. What bothers me? Hey, he, he was the 
last person to win a, uh, I believe, before um, a round. Before Lionel Messi did it, he won a round. Yep. So it's like it, it it disturbs me to see a guy who is so well respected for what he's done for the sport, whether it's as an ambassador, whether it's with the crazy shirts he's made from from getting nearly sued by Josh Koscheck to a ton of other the guy the guy's been in and around MMA stories for for his entire career and to see it end not only with retirement but ending in so, in a way where it's tainted regardless it's like don't get me wrong when I saw when I saw him at the um open workouts I was like yeah that he looks a little a little too yeah, vascular looks, yeah. a little too lean he and looks, a little too big especially because he was cutting weight at that time exactly when he was open workouts that's in the middle of him cutting weight there was no reason for him to be that big. Like, I saw those pictures before I even heard this. I was like, he looks really big for someone that just supposedly wasn't doing anything about three weeks ago. Well, like, you know, he, he just, he looked really, really big. And he didn't normally look that big. Well, here's the here's the funny thing. And, and you know, De Silva mentions it there about Bonner deserving to be in the UFC Hall of Fame. Now, uh, looking at it from the circus-like atmosphere that we discussed, sure. You can say him and bon, uh, him and Griffin help mainstream the sport, you know, which is fine. You can say that that's a, that's a great accomplishment. But the problem with that is that when you put a guy like that into into the Hall of Fame, it's the equivalent of putting a Barry Bonds into the Hall of Fame, or a Sammy Sosa, or a Mark McGuire. It's like their 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 attributes are there, their athletic prowess is there, but how much of it was really them? Well, I get what you're saying with Barry Bonds, though. Like, even before he started juicing, he was possibly the best baseball player in there. No, 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 he, he, he was. Juicing. He was, but when he started really smashing records was during the time he, he that he was on the up. sauce. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. the same thing with Bonner. It's like the guy started hitting his stride and mainstreaming after the Griffin fight and he swam, and after, I even want to say after the Jones fight. You know, even though he lost that fight, he was a name because people used to say he took a round from Jones. That was one of the the, the things that he had on his resume. Yeah, I mean, he belongs in the UFC Hall of Fame. Um, for that contribution only. Yeah, for, for that contribution only. Um, he he made he his fight with with Forrest Griffin. I would have probably never seen mixed martial arts without that fight. Yep. I mean, just to be perfectly honest. And um, he deserves it for that reason and that reason alone. Now, if there's a mixed martial arts Hall of Fame, he shouldn't even be sniffed for that because he's not a great No, he's he, not. I don't want to say like in a disparaging way when I say someone's not a great fighter. Like, I don't want to be like, well, he sucks. I, I mean, I haven't stepped in the cage. Right. Said. No, I understand but what you're saying. Yeah, he wasn't. He, was, he doesn't deserve to be in a Hall of Fame. Right. But... He um he made he did great things for the UFC. That, and there you go. Um he deserved it. I mean, it's unfortunate that two of his biggest fights, the second for his different fight he, he tested for uh Bol I think Boldion. Boldion. Boldion, yeah. And now for another steroid, it's unfortunate that in two of his biggest fights he tested for Royds. But I mean, you know, the dude deserves to be in the UFC Hall of Fame. He deserves for people to remember him not so much for this, but for 
first of all, stepping up to get his ass whooped. And, you know, being that, that scrappy kind of dude that gave pretty decent fights his whole career. That's it. I mean, that's that's where I I feel his his nomination, if they decide to do that, is valid. And if you want to remove the stain of his positive drug test in putting him in the Hall of Fame, just put him and Forrest in there at the same time. Yeah. Just, just be like, I mean, you know, I we're gonna know when Forrest is gonna retire, but yes, yeah, put him in there at the same time. Exactly. I don't think I, I, I kind of hope they would have done a third fight before now, but you know. I think Forrest, man, he has he has probably maybe one or two more fights in him, only because as you watch his interviews and you just see the way he he discusses the sport, he's discussing the sport like a guy who already has 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 surpassed his own personal accolades. He's been a champion, he's been in contention, he's delivered great fights. It's like for him now, it's like I just want to do the fights that are fun and the fights that'll that'll generate a buzz. Well, taking that Phil Davis fight ain't gonna be fun. That's oh, not hell no. be a fun time. It's not gonna be a fun time, <laughs> but you know what? It, even if even if he loses in that fight, it's gonna be competitive enough where you'll be like, wow, you know, Phil Davis went in there and, and, and handled his business. Like like you know how sometimes they'll put a, a guy in there to fight and you're expecting an awesome knockdown drag out fight and the guy comes the opponent walks through the guy and you're just like shit. Mm-hmm. You feel let down. Phil Davis, he may walk through him, but then again, he may not. He's probably going to walk through him. You think so? I, I think Griffin should have lost to Tito. Forrest Griffin should have lost to Tito. And he should have. This is not Tito circa 2001. This no. This is Tito 2011 <laughs> after he, like, just cracked skulls and broken, like, his random injuries. Like, there's no reason... Phil Davis shouldn't be able to take him down and submit him really, really quickly. I don't think that fight. I don't think it'll be as bad as uh, um, Phil Davis' last fight against Vladimir Prado because Forrest Griffin isn't that bad on the ground. Right. But I don't think Forrest Griffin is going to have any moment. I think Phil Davis is going to win every second of this fight. Like I, I don't see any way outside of like Forrest Griffin getting like some hail mary submission because he has really no knockout power. I think for him to win this fight. I think Forrest may resort. Forrest is definitely going to try and use sprawl and brawl to try and stop takedowns. You know, Phil Davis's takedowns are, are are fantastic. So, but I think Forrest is going to definitely try and go sprawl and brawl, and then you know try and and definitely secure top position for some sort of a submission or ground and pound. It is true. I've never seen him really tag a guy to the point where you you know him and him and. Him and Bonner stood in the center of the cage and just beat the shit out of each other bloody, and you'd expect one of those guys to topple over. So that kind of point, that kind of, I can understand your your logic with that, but I think in Phil Davis's case, it'll be a fight that'll be interesting to see his evolution as a fighter. I think Forrest brings that out in a lot of guys. In Tito's case, you saw Tito. Tito was probably at the top of his game at, at at the stage of his career that he should have been in that fight. Like when Tito fought Forrest, I was like, wow, he's breaking out shit that you wouldn't even see Tito do. Yeah, he did knock him down with that punch, and I can't remember Tito ever knocking Ex- him down. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, when the fuck did that happen? <laughs> which which is why even even the show is even more how the plea that I think Forrest Griffin is, because Tito, Tito's not a horrible boxer or nothing like that. He ain't knocking people down with hooks. Like he, he knocked him down clean with a hook. And I was like, when? Who? 
<laughs> okay. Well, Forrest Griffin obviously ain't what he used to be. <laughs> no, this is true. Well, moving moving on into into probably one of the most underrated promotions going right now, that being Bellator. Um their Bellator seventy nine had some amazing fights. Amazing. Yeah. That Douglas Lima murder death kill. Jacob Ortiz. Just to say something about that that fight. If you know you're markedly better and a worse striker than who you're fighting, why would you trade? Put your hands down. Put your hands down for it. You're getting tagged the entire fight. Yep. Why you got your hands down? I, I, I never understood that. These dudes that like, you be having your hands down when you know you're not that great of a striker. Like, that's not going to work out for you. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, Shabula Shamalayev freaking shocked me, dude. He napalm fists. <laughs> dude, that, that looked like he got shot. Like, <laughs> that was crazy. Like, like, that was absolutely crazy. Let me say one thing about Bellator, though. Um, that they did, I think they did a very poor job. Uh, when they when they showed War Machine and they were like fresh out of prison. Yeah, I didn't like that. I'm saying uh, I'm fighting off hate. MMA, MMA is past the point where that will hurt them per se. But you really don't want to do things like that. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up because when I watched it, yeah. I said to myself. First off, you're like fresh out of prison. And it's just like, really? That's how you're marketing this poor bastard? Fresh out of prison. It's like, really? Come on, man. Like, like, why don't you acknowledge the guy's athletic ability? Why don't you acknowledge the fact that the guy is, a, is an aggressive fighter? Like, War Machine, I just felt he's a guy that walks around with an eternal rain cloud over his head. Cause he has a ton of talent. He has great potential. You can market him well. He's just—he's just a little crazy. But he's a crazy that if you can bottle it up, you can market it well. That and you have to stay away from anything yep. that shows him for the violent, somewhat racist, <laughs> psychopath he is. Dude had a you bag on his head when he got arrested. <laughs> This dude had a bag on his head. They cut him for four. Like, people don't They cut him before he went to prison the first time. Yep. Because he got on Twitter and called Obama a nigger. Like, <laughs> why are you presenting him that way? That just, you don't want to, you don't want to have people go look up. Hey, why, why was War Machine in prison? You don't want them to look that up. You exactly. You don't even want them to know that. Exactly. You, you don't, you don't need that. Like, he's going to lose him. First of all, I think this tournament, the next tournament, is basically between Paul Daly and Douglas Lima. They're going to hurt people. And oh, I want to yeah. see them hurt each other. That's going to be a great fight. Yeah, they're, 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 there's definitely some serious stand-up between either one of those guys. And somebody somebody yeah. will hit the floor in that kind of a fight. Exactly. That's who I want to be in the fight. Uh, th- that's what you need to present them as fighters. I don't need all this fresh out of prison. I'm fighting off the power of hate. No, Why? I don't think that's a that's who, a good. Idea... Go ahead. Huh, go ahead. No, what I was I mean, going to say it, is it's crazy to me. Like, whose idea was this? And who who was sitting at the desk and was like, you know what? That's a good idea. 
That's just crazy. That that's like that that's like marketing OJ as as great for women. Like having OJ come on the view. Here comes excellent athlete OJ Simpson and sitting there with Barbara Walters and the rest of them old ladies. Oh yeah, that's a great way to market OJ after after cutting up his wife like a like a piece of ham, you're going to send him to sit on the view. That's what the equivalent of that shit with War Machine was. It's like it's like really you're going to build this guy up because he's a convict. Not because he's an athlete, but because he's a convict. I think I think they the Spike TV's relationship with TNA and with Bellator has kind of kind of uh mixed the waters a little bit. Like you 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 book a guy in wrestling fresh out of prison. You, that that's where you book a guy like that. You're like fresh out of the can. That's when you do that. But you don't do that for a legitimate sport. That's like saying Spike should know better than that though. Dude, that's like that's advertising that's like Ray Lewis coming out during a football game and then going, Here comes the stabber himself, Ray Lewis. Or, or or Michael Vick when he first got back, like the um the the NFL was like, hey, here comes the dog killer. Like, That's why? it. You don't do that. You you try, if you're going to even mention his prison stint, you want to do it in a in a way that showing that he's he's getting better in life mm-hmm. or, or he's moving on. Agreed. You don't want someone who just was in prison talking about I'm fighting off hate, just got out of prison, and is now going to fight in a cage. Uh, that's not the... that, those things should not be connected. You should just not do that. But no, sir. Those are clearly doesn't give a fuck about normal. No marketing. No. Nope. <laughs> They're trying their hardest to be an alternative to the UFC, but you're being an alternative in a way that can, that can be a detriment. But I will tell you this: out of nowhere, the the the, the promotion that shocked me was um, World Series of Fighting. This weekend, oh man, that Andre Andre Arlovsky just murder, death, kill, and and Anthony Johnson just detonating a napalm fist on poor DJ Linderman. Poor bastard. It was really great fights. It's kind of sad what Miguel Torres has become. Um, that kind of sad to me. But seeing Tyron Spong oh come to MMA. That, he, that if he can wrestle, if he if he can just stop takedowns, he's gonna be nasty. That you know what was funny about that? That walk off, that that knockout on that guy was on some, you know, you could take the mic home because <laughs> he hit the dude. He just walked <laughs> off, and the dude just crumpled. It looked up. like he was walking off like it, it was gonna be an eight count. Like it looked like he he was just like, oh, this is kickboxing. This is gonna be an eight count. Like it, that's what it looked like. Yep. <laughs> Poor, poor guy didn't know what hit him, and it's just like if he, if he, if he rounds himself out good, and he makes that jump to the UFC, dudes are gonna get hurt. Yeah, Dana White already has said um, um, that he's looking at him. I mean, once once he gets he, the problem with being a light heavyweight or a heavyweight outside the UFC, even a middleweight, is there's very few good light heavyweights or heavyweights outside of the UFC. So getting him quality opponents is going to be hard. He's gonna he's gonna end up fighting like Houston Alexander or Kimbo Slice, dudes like that to build his record up before he gets to the UFC. So we won't really know if his wrestling's any good because he won't have to fight anybody that's gonna really 
push him for a while. Poor Kimbo well, Slice. <laughs> if, he, if he if he can stop a takedown, he's going to be a problem. Yeah, that fight that fight impressed me. Rumble Johnson at two hundred five. If he keeps it up, man, it's going to be serious. It is scary that that dude was one hundred seventy pounds at one time. Which I don't understand because as a, as a guy you know as a, as a guy who who wor- who's worked out most most of his life it's like i at 56 i'm supposed to weigh 155 pounds i haven't been 155 pounds i think since i was 12 <laughs> i haven't been 100 yeah. I, I the, the heaviest i've gotten was like 242 at 56 I look, I look like an ant, like the anaconda that swallowed Angelina Jolie's father in the first Anaconda movie. It was ridiculous. It was, it, and, and of course, it affected me because you know, every, you try and, and and walk around and you stand for too long and your knees hurt because you're just a heavy fucking sack of shit. And it was good because I, you know, I'd go in there, I'd feel strong as hell. But it's like now, I walk around now between between two ten, two ten, two fifteen. Winter time, maybe two twenty. If I eat a lot more than I should, but it, for that guy to be one seventy, it, it 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 was killing him. It was killing him because it's insane. I want I want to know what he was cutting down from because when I wrestled in high school, I wrestled at about one forty, and I walked around about one fifty five, one sixty. Right, because a fifteen pound cut is nothing. Cut. Yeah, that wasn't a fun. That wasn't fun. Nope. So I want to know: was he cutting down from two twenty to one seventy? That's insane. That's what he was doing. That is ridiculous, and that's going shut. That's shutting kidneys down. That's what I was about to say. Your kidneys would take a beating just on the on the strength that you're you're. You, there's so much water deprivation. It's to the point where you're you're dehydrating a grape to a raisin, and then dehydrating the raisin. It's impossible. And he, that's, he, the, that's the thing with me. Like, I understand that it gave him some sort of. It did give him a slight advantage because he was incredibly powerful at 170. I mean, when he hit you at 170, you were going down, but he wasn't making the weight consistently. He got to, he was missing weight every other fight. That's what he got, that was. That was what he was coming down to. It was like if if he was cutting down from like the silver said in the chat, two ten. That's crazy. No, it's impossible. If you were his manager, you should have been like, yo, there's no reason you should be going to 170. Why are you doing that? I think <laughs> when I did when I did powerlifting in high school, I remember I had to stay at, I think it was, it was 205, I had to stay about around 200 pounds. And I remember I was, I was using creatine at the time and you retain a fuckload of water. So I was, I, I was beasting up and I was about, 215, 220, and I remember my 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 coach, my my gym teacher, Mr. Nugent. He was like, he was like, you're kind of heavy there, and he'd be like, you got you gotta you gotta drink more water and filter it all out because that's how the way he spoke. And I remember, I I went and I bought the the sauna suit in Models, the the giant garbage bag looking suit, and proceeded to ride a bicycle with the sauna suit on. Like a jackass, and I got down. I think I got down to two two oh seven or so, and then it was just 
sips of water and fucking green vegetables and try and trying to make sure that my shit ran like my faucet <laughs> just to yeah, ensure we used to walk around school in sauna suits yeah dude it was it was not the move so for this guy to cut from 210 it's like he must have been wrapped in a in ziploc saran wrap sauna suit and sitting in the sauna with somebody blocking the door for him to get out Apparently, in the interview that he did, uh, I think before the fight, he was like, he should have done this a long time ago, which, duh. But uh, he um, he was like, whenever he got a fight, he started cutting right then and there. Yep. As soon as they said, fight, you start, you have to cut. So that's eight weeks. We're just going to say eight weeks that you, you're cutting weight. You don't really have time to do anything training-wise if all you're doing is cutting weight. Yep. Like, you... you there's, there's only so much training you can do. So, I mean, hey, he, he looks good at 205. Um, he, he still retained that power. And I think I think he'll make it back to the UFC. I, th- I think he'll get someone with 205 and make it back to the UFC because he can make 205. Dude, um, Rumble Johnson and Rashad Evans would be bananas. They won't fight each other, though. They're both black billions. Speaking of black billions, there were so many black billions commercials the World Series of Fighting. No, yeah, of course. But but the thing with with me is, yeah, you're in the same camp, but let let's not pull the shit Jones and and fucking Rashad pulled. You know what I mean? Like fucking fight. Rashad, <laughs> more or less, black billions is Rashad's camp. Right. Like he started the camp. It's his camp. If he's not, if he says he's not fighting somebody, you're gonna have to leave Black Zillions. I don't think Rumble wants to do that. No, I don't. Like, I don't I'm think. Serious, like, I don't think so either. But but, dude, that would be a fight that would get people buzzing immediately. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Rumble against a dude like Glover Teixeira. Glover Teixeira would be I, good. I think that would be a really. I think uh, that would be a good fight. Hell, on, Glover Teixeira, somebody who can fight back. <laughs> honestly, honestly, not 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 even. Not even bullshitting Johnson and and Rampage. That would be a good fight too. Because that'd be that'd be be some shit talking. You know, Rampage would definitely get under his skin, which is good because you know Rumble Johnson gets gets mad very easily. (laughs) He does. He definitely. That that would would be a really good fight. He got mad in the fight when the dude poked him in the. Yep, because you know he had to. He had to detach the retina when that guy put his thumb all the way into the back of his eye socket. Remember that. Yeah, as, as soon as his eye got touched, he went into like, whoa, 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 this is not, we're not doing this. Yeah, we're let's not, not do this again. <laughs> and Andre Olovsky, he's trying his hardest to get back in the UFC, boy. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> he's a heavyweight, so I think he can get into the UFC. Um, boy, the problem with Andre Olovsky is not his skills, it's his chin. And his he brain. And his brain, dude, because yeah. psychologically he gets defeated immediately. Yeah, you, you can break him down if you, you get on top of him and beat him up that way. Or if you touch him really hard on the face, he's probably getting knocked out. <laughs> and Arlovsky Ar- Ar- used to be a beast, but, I mean, it's strong. he can make it back to the UFC. He could. he could. It's heavyweight. He can make it back. No, but, I I agree. But... You know, he uh, it's unfortunate that his chin is so bad. Well, moving on, of course, we got UFC on Fuel TV 6, where you got to wake up practically for breakfast to watch these fights. 
Um, main event, Rich Franklin. Rich Franklin, our boy. <laughs> Rich Franklin, our boy, our boy Kung Lee, who's in Man with the Iron Fist, also a guest here from MTR. Uh, Tiago Silva's fighting. Stun Gun Kim taking on Paulo Tiago, which I actually am looking forward to seeing that fight. And uh, Fireball Kid, Mac Danzig, uh, and Bruce Leroy, he's fighting. Tiquan Zhang is fighting. Uh, the the Facebook prelim started at seven fifteen in the morning, <laughs> and one of them has been scrapped. The uh, the young wow, I'm gonna fuck this dude's name up. Young Gu Lim and David Mitchell got scrapped. scrapped. Yeah. Oh, I yep, didn't even know that. Got scrapped. Damn. They said, uh, he they said he's medically unfit to fight. So oh shit, I'm actually I'm actually pulling for Kung Lee in this fight. Not not just because he's in the movie and he's been on the show. But I like I like yeah. watching him fight because the style is so different. He throws that sidekick into yeah. somebody's ribs, dude. It's lights out. Kung Lee is fun to watch. Um, I don't see very many ways he can beat Rich Franklin unless he like lands something significant really quickly. Um, but I think he's he's really fighting a superior MMA fighter. Maybe if this was like just straight up kickboxing or something, he would have a huge advantage. But I think Rich Franklin will be will be able to weather whatever you know storm that Kung Lee spinning back fist kicks <laughs> all over the place storm that Kung Lee gives him and and be able to probably either grind out a decision and get a late stoppage. Um, one fight I did want to pluck out of here and and run by you, Mac Danzig, Fireball Kid, my boy Takanori Gomi. I think there's a make or break fight for him. I think if he loses, he may get the old cutteroo. I think that he's probably going to lose. Uh, Takanori Gomi, when he was a lightweight king, was the second best lightweight in the world behind B.J. Penn, who whooped his ass when they fought in Hawaii. Um, but he, unlike B.J. Penn, didn't really develop the skills to fight in 2012. B.J. Penn could still probably be one of the top three lightweights in the world if he decided to cut down to 155, if he really wanted to. But uh, Takanori Gomi has relied so long on that that one-punch kind of power that he really doesn't have much boxing technique anymore, and he really can't wrestle. I think Mac Danzing will be able to uh, beat him up, um, take him down, and probably submit him. Hmm. All right, well, you know what? We're going to find out when we have... Uh... Uh, fists for breakfast <laughs> this Saturday. Fuel TV, 9 a.m. And um, prelims on Facebook at 7.15. Uh, John Jones is in the news this week. Him and Chael Sonnen will be meeting April 27th. They'll be fighting at the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey. Hendo was on MMA Uncensored earlier, and his comment was hilarious. He said, UFC is promoting circus acts. Man with the longest arms versus man with the biggest mouth. <laughs> He yeah. is, he, well, Hendo is, Hendo is not, not happy. Upset. He he uh, seems like he calmed down a bit because at first he was all pissed. He was pissing pissed vinegar. He, he wasn't getting a title shot. And first of all, he, he makes a very legitimate point. He would have been ready to fight Naples. Like, the UFC, like, oh, we couldn't find anybody fighting Naples. Hendo would have been able to fight Naples. Yeah, but... Um, they you, just wanted to do the ultimate fighter with Kel Sonnen. Yep, and they wanted that money. Remember, yeah, Chael Sonnen, top five draws. That's all I got to say. Yeah, no. I mean, legitimate, like, legitimate sport-wise, 
Michelle Simon doesn't deserve this fight. Michelle Simon is going to get brutally beat by Hendo, if he can beat Leona Machida, will get his, his, his title shot. Um, I kind of feel sorry for Hendo because I personally much rather see that fight because I want to see, you know, can he land, you know, the, the big H-bomb. right? Yes, sir. The age one. But, I mean, the Chelsea in the fight just because hopefully the ultimate fighter doesn't suck ass that season and they have some terrible weight class. Dude, I removed um, it from the DVR. Have... I'm not even playing. <laughs> Dude, I didn't even. Well, well, we'll talk about the Let Me Bang, bro. But I didn't even watch the whole episode. Like, I heard about it and I looked up that on YouTube. I don't watch the Ultimate Fighter anymore. There's no reason to. Nope. <laughs> but, um. But. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, if the if the if the weight classes are good, Chael Sonnen and John Jones will make it a fun season, I think, and that may help it. But um, you know, Hendo Hendo's gonna fight. He may get in contention again, and he'll get his shot. But Hendo has to realize that from a business standpoint, the UFC is still a business. Yeah, they're gonna give us the fights we want, but they're also gonna give people the fights they need. And not for nothing, you know, they haven't really been uh, faring well. With the with the cancellation of some of the strike force events, which we'll discuss later on, and some of the other stuff, you yeah. know, it's 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 pretty much the UFC getting shit on left and right. So they're like, "Fuck it, just get just give them the fight," <laughs> you know? Yeah. But um. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. They're desperate for a big, big, big card, and that's why they're doing it. So. Well, Rampage and Glover Teixeira finally may happen. UFC on Fox Six. Um, they got a couple of really yeah, great fights. January twenty sixth, Chicago. Uh, Rampage confirmed it on Twitter. They got a couple of other good fights on there. Mighty Mouse defending his belt against John Dodson. Uh, Donald Cerrone and Showtime Anthony Pettis, which is going to be a war. Clay Guida Hatsuhioki, which is also going to be a war. Pumped for all the... For those for those four fights, um, Guida, Hioki, Teixeira, Jackson, Cerrone, Pettis, and of course the, uh, the flyweight is... Um, that's going to be a solid card, man, and free. Best of all. That's a sick. I I cannot wait for that John Dotson Demetrius or John Dotson Demetrius Johnson. Like that is going to be sick. The Anthony Pettis uh, Donald Cerrone fight is going to be sick. I mean that's that's a really really good card. Oh, you know, and I, Donald, and I like how they're putting together the Fox cards now. Well, you know, Donald Cerrone is going to try and walk him down and really just try and beat the but the shit out of him. And if I were Donald Cerrone, I'd be careful we don't see another Showtime kick. <laughs> Slip up and get a spinning back kick yep. to the jaw. Like, yeah, that's Anthony what I Pettis mean. Is, Donald Cerrone can get caught with that. Brother, yeah, Anthony Pettis and his little brother, because uh, his little brother fought this weekend. Uh, yep. Yeah, uh, he, he took the unanimous decision. Flyweight? Yeah, uh, he's either bad or flyweight, but his fight was nasty too. Them, them boys, man, yeah, that's going to be a fun fight to watch. Well,. One thing that everybody's talking about, of course, it's fight week. Dana White was saying during a conference call that um, depending on how the GSP fight goes, we may get that super fight with Anderson Silva. But then people are also saying that Anderson Silva is going to be there allegedly to scout the fight. But they're saying if GSP wins, Anderson Silva may go in the cage and challenge. Man, they, it, it, it's a great business plan. I'm telling if you, dude. He wins. People keep ignoring... This dude tore his ACL. Yep. GSP's fighting style is based off explosive, explosiveness from his legs. Carl Condit is not some dude that you can just be walking through. Like, <laughs> he called the natural born killer for a reason. 
And I would not be shocked if VSP loses and possibly loses really, really badly. And and it, it, it's not indicative of the fight he'll fight or he'll be forever like right. from now on if right. he loses badly. But he had a major ACL tear. And I was watching something where this dude was like, if he was the NFL running back, his career would be over. Like right. He, he's being rushed back entirely too fast. It takes about a year for your ACL to heal. I ruptured my Achilles in high school. I couldn't wrestle for a year. Before, and, and even when I, once I was able to wrestle again, it didn't. Before before um, I felt 100%, it took months and months, even after all the rehab and, and all that, for it to feel strong again. He tore his ACL. That's that's worse. Well, people, people, people are forgetting that. Well, there people are also not looking at something very, very interesting, which is something I've always said. And this is just it's it's indicative of of many sports with their flagship athletes. When you have guys that generate tons of money for you and they get hurt or they get injured, you know GSP's getting put into like a hyperbaric chamber, and, and he's getting all he's getting the best medical care on the planet and you know the ufc is quietly paying that bill with a smile on their face like yeah you know the average guy will take uh, the average extremely skilled athlete will take a year the ufc is banking on two things number one that gsp is canadian jesus and will be resurrected at ufc 154 number two they're they're guaranteeing that his athletic ability will allow him to perform at an elite level with such a quick recovery time. That recovery time was accelerated due to multiple things. You know, proper supplementation, all kinds of crazy fucking treatments they made him do. You know that he was there and they're like, well, George, you're going to start training with ballerina so you can get ready because, you know, it's going to strengthen your Achilles tendon. Oh, you want me to put on a tutu? You know, like, like, you know, he was, he, he, he didn't give a shit what he did. He would snort dried monkey bones if it meant that he could come back in there and defend that belt because he is dollar signs for that organization. He is one of the most clean cut, marketable athletes. Women want to sleep with him. Guys want to be him. Dana White is like, yo, you are a Canadian dollar bill right now. I need you back. All that is all that is true, and, and, and I understand the UFC putting a lot of money into him. Yep. And and I understand that they probably gave him like the best medical treatment you can give someone. But it's but not. This is not an easy sport. Oh like, no no no! Like, it's not. Like I, I I just want I just want people to realize that there's a good chance he'll lose. Yep, there is a chance because you know what it is. Go not be free. Athletic <laughs> ability can only get you so far, but the human body can quit. Yeah, like, and, and and it might not even be. He might, he might think he's a hundred percent prepared. Yep, and his body but may be like, Carlos uh, Condit nah. Likes to, Carlos Condit likes to throw them the weird, weird um, kicks to the knee. Yep, he throws he cut kicks. He throws cut right. kicks to the knee. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not saying that GSP will lose, but I, I just, I'm, I'm prepared for him to probably not look great. No, he's not. I just, I just don't. He's not gonna look great. Like that's not gonna. He's not gonna look great, but he's gonna also try to engage standing first. And I say this: that's if he, get him fucked up. yeah, if he, if he, if he notices that he's getting fucked up, he's gonna shoot for the takedowns. And and watching his shoot 
will be indicative of 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 whether you know the bionic freaking ACL they stuck in there made out of horse tendons and and, and piano wire um, did the job because that that's really the case. At the end of the day, it's a matter of with the amount of money that they did and the and the Ivan Drago training program did it work. Yeah. That's really it. It's yeah, it's a test of an athlete versus a marketing machine. Yeah, I mean they, they better hope it did. Well, as as we get ready to close things out, we of course Strike Force announced that their event January twelfth is coming together quite nicely. Gilbert Melendez will defend his belt against Pat Healy. Uh, Nate Marquardt will defend his belt against Tarek Safadine. Um, also, Luke Rockhold, Lorenz Larkin. And also Daniel Cormier, he'll come back to face Dion Starling. Now, the beauty of all these great news—the the the beauty of the of all these news that everybody is super pumped about with Strike Force coming back—is guess what, fuckers? It's the last Strike Force card. That doesn't shock me at all, especially with the whole Ronda Rousey being signed by the UFC. Well, that was the next thing. That that was the next thing, And, and people need to realize this. If you follow Dana White on Twitter or you subscribe to his updates on Facebook and Dana White tweets or comments with just a smiley face, you know it is something ginormous. Either it's him trolling Fedor or it's him dropping ether on the MMA world. And in this particular instance, it was that. The only problem with it was that TMZ played the role of spoiler as Ronda Rousey becomes the first woman signed to the UFC's 135-pound women's division. Misha Tate also said on Twitter that she was also signed. So, very interesting. Strike Force is going to fold up. But you and I, we've talked about this at length for multiple episodes of MTR. It was pretty much Strike Force on death row, and now they're going to get that lethal injection January 12th. I'm actually... First of all, this card just looks awesome. It, it looks like a great card. But yep. But I'm, I'm relieved. Really happy that. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm relieved that these fighters get to go free now. Yep. Like most of these dudes, especially the dudes that are on this card, win, lose, or draw, except for that Dion dude, because I don't know who the hell he is. Yeah, I don't know where they except dug him up from. Cormier, because they just threw him somebody. All the rest of these people, win or lose or draw, come to the UFC. That Riz Larkin. Eric Safadine, Nathan Marquardt, uh, Luke Rawhart, uh, Dan Cormier, Gilbert Reynolds, Pat Heath, they're all going to the UFC. All of them. Well, this raises, this and raises I'm happy it. For huh? No, I, and I, I don't blame you for being happy for them, but here's the crazy thing. This raises a very interesting question. Will they unify the belts? I think with Gilbert Melendez, they will. I, I think there won't be even a second part because he was considered like the number one lightweight forever. With Luke Rockhold, I don't think they'll even think about it. I think they'll give him a fight before that. Uh, yeah, with Nate but, Marquardt, 170 is so backed up right now with contenders. Yeah, but between... In January, what it's looking like. Like, if, if by January, let's say, uh, whoever wins this fight will be fighting probably the winner of uh, Johnny Hendricks, Martin Cannon. Well, but between... The winner of that fight will probably fight Nate Marquardt or Derek Safferty. Well, but between you and I, I honestly think that if the yeah. UFC wanted to do something bananas, they would take Super Bowl weekend, make that a championship night of fights, unify all the belts, and give us all the fights. That, 
that would be amazing. That, that's how you got to do it, though, because the problem with them is that they're at a point where they've reached the, the UFC is kind of not maxed out on main events, but it's like the only main events that would put the amount of revenue thereafter is Son and Jones. Jones at heavyweight, whether debuting Jones or still. Jones. Yeah, Jones. Look, Jones and Sonnen, Jones at heavyweight, Jones and Silva, GSP and Silva. That's it. Honestly, that's it. Like, yeah, you have all those, not to take anything away from their other champions, but I'm talking about pay-per-view buy rates that get into the the crazy numbers. Like UFC 100 numbers. Like crazy shit like that. The yeah. only way you're going to do that is by doing a championship night of fights and unify the belts. Because not only, think... will, not only will it be good for the right. fighters, but dude, everyone... Will tune in for that. Yeah, I think depending on who wins these fights, dude, GSP, um, Nate Marquardt, unifying that belt, that would be sick. See, but like with, with Luke Rocco, Luke Rocco is the only one that I don't think they would do that with, just because I don't think Luke Rocco stands any sort of chance of being Nancy Silver. Right, but he's like, called him out, dude. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, but all the rest of the champions pose a legitimate threat. Like, Gilman Orlando could beat Ben Henderson. He could. In fact, I would pick Gilman Orlando to beat Ben Henderson. He could. Nate Marquardt could beat GSP. Um, I, I wouldn't pick him, but I think he could. He could. Um, Daniel Cormier could take JDS down. That, that I don't think there's anybody who straight up can stop Daniel Cormier from taking you down. Keeping you down is a whole other issue, but taking you down? I don't know. I just, they might do it, and I, I, would, I would watch, of course. Dude, but fuck it. Luke Rockhold I, is a champion, have... you know? Like, that's what I mean. Like, not, not to cut you off, but Luke Rockhold is a champion. Fuck it. You're a champion. Fight the champion. And if you're as good as the belts makes you be, then you have the chance to prove it. If that belt validates that you are their number one middleweight, let's see it. That's all I'm saying. I'm like, I he may get he may get murder, death, killed in there, dude. It, it it may be you know stretcher time, but you know what? Fuck it. You are the champion. Let's see it. True. I I mean, I watch him get his ass beat. But, there you go. You know, you know I, I would I would love to see it, but we'll see. I don't know. The UFC has so many things they're trying to do right now. I mean, I know we're about to talk about it in a second, but um. They're trying to do so many different things with siding women, bringing in probably in excess of maybe 15, 20 more fighters. Yep. They're trying to do a lot of different things. Well, you know what? They have the outlets to deliver all of those fighters opportunities to fight. FX, Fox, pay-per-view. They got, they have it. Facebook. They have the outlets to get these fighters seen. My number one concern is that... The strike force fighters are going to come in and not get the opportunities they deserve based on their accomplishments. Like Gilbert Melendez should walk into that octagon and challenge Ben Henderson or or, or Nate Diaz. No, he will. You know what I mean? Like that should be the fight. That's the one I can guarantee. Either it's going to be him fighting 
straight off the bat for the title, or they're going to make him fight Eddie Alvarez, because I don't care what anybody says. Eddie Alvarez is coming to the UFC. Yeah, Eddie Alvarez is getting that. He's going back to Bellator. No, Eddie Alvarez he's, he's is waiting for that number. Yeah, he's, he's, he's basically just waiting for the UFC to throw him some obscene number. Yep. And he's coming to the UFC. And that will probably be either it's going to be a title fight for Gilman or the first fight, his, his first fight in the UFC is going to be Eddie Alvarez. That's it's it. It's going to be Eddie Alvarez versus Gilman It's going to be one of those two things. And the winner of that gets the title shot. Yep. And but, ooh, that would be, that would be great. That, that's what I'm saying, but, but but that's what I mean. I don't want these guys, you fold up the promotion, and then the UFC pulls the, yeah, well, you know, fuck these guys. They're, they're, they're going to be they're gonna be first fights on the pay-per-view. It's like, no, these guys are champions. Acknowledge them as such. I don't think they'll do that to everybody. Like, they'll do it to some people. Like, no, no, but I'm know, just talking about guys with belts. Fight. You know, I'm talking about guys with belts. Yeah, if they, you, with belts they're, they're not going to do that to the guys with belts. They're, they're going to put them in the position to... Get title shots. If they unified the pride belts, dude, with 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 minimal fuss, they can do this. Oh, most definitely. They'll they'll unify belts, or they'll at least unify one of them. I guarantee it, it's probably going to be given a little I tell you what, though, it would be it would be sick, dude. Rock holds Silva, Silva, Silva kills him, holding up them two belts. Like, yeah, <laughs> that would be that would be sick, but um. But uh, yeah, that that would really be sick. That would, <laughs> that would be good. Now to now to wrap things up, like I said, TMZ played the role of spoiler with Ronda Rousey being the first female fighter to join the UFC. But the shit that kills me with it is exactly what we've said. Just Dana White. No, women will never fight in the UFC. Here's the problem with that entire statement: the word "never." Not him saying maybe down the road or maybe if the if we get more female fighters. The fact that it was vehemently no. <laughs> See, that's the shit that gets me. Oh, there's an echo. I don't even have a problem with him saying um, never. Like I don't have a problem with any of that because at the time he said it, I'm pretty sure he meant it. The fact that you even signed women. To me, at this point, it's stupid. And the main reason for that is you you haven't even built up your 145, 135, or 125 divisions yet. Yep. Now you're adding women. Yep. And how many women are you signing? Because you've only signed two women. Are you taking women from Invicta? Where are you getting all these women from? Women MMA, as fun as it is to watch, a lot of these chicks aren't that skilled. There's, there's the, the cream at the top, and then it's a big drop, to, to just be perfectly honest. Well, I think... Uh, you can't just have divisions like that. Well, I think what's going to happen is, and I'm telling you right now, Rousey got signed. Tate got signed. You know Dana's going to sign Cyborg. You know it. You know he's going to do it. He's going to be like, yo, you're coming in. And either they're going to... What you, what he may do, and this is something I had thought of, is what 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 how, what weight was Cyborg champion at? One forty five. One forty five, right? Have yeah. Cyborg defend the one forty five belt to unify it with Rousey's belt, and that'll be it. Unify one forty five and one thirty five. That would be the way to go. Yep, that's the that's because you know as well as I do that the Cyborg and Rousey fight 
is is the is the uh, is the is the equivalent of of Jones and Sonnen right now. The shit talking, all of that stuff going on. It, it that's their money fight. So if you want to get that fight done, you tell you tell Rousey, look, go up to one forty five. This chick's gonna put that belt on the line. We're gonna unify them, and that's that. Yeah, I mean that that would be the way to go. I just, I just don't agree with right now. Oh no, There's I don't no I don't agree with it either. Right now, <laughs> there I don't agree with it either. But you have to look at it like this: Dana White probably got word that Showtime was going to fold up Strike Force weeks ago. Oh, Strike Force knew months when they canceled <laughs> those two events. Oh yeah, they probably told them right then and there, like, yo, look, y'all giving us a bullshit product because y'all took a lot of our great fighters. We're going to cancel this. We're going to do one more event in January, and then we're going to cancel this. Yep. You need to start making arrangements for these fighters. Yep. They probably bitch because they don't. These kind of things don't just happen overnight. Nope. They probably told him months ago, so he's probably known. Hell, that's probably why she, he's been hanging on to Rosie's shoulder like a fucking creepy uncle. Dude, for, that's for that's the last that's some months. crazy shit, dude. <laughs> like, like, like that. That concerns me not because of of, of her as a fighter. But just because of the way you come off, like he comes off as a dude that got his first piece of ass and hangs around the chick the entire time afterwards. Like the chick is like, yo, dude, go home. He's like, but but, yo, I want to let's watch Sports Center together. She's like, yo, get the fuck out of my house. That's him. He's the dude that smashed the first time and doesn't want to leave. He smashed an experienced chick and she don't want to hear his bullshit. Like, Ronda Rousey knows she's got to game him. She's like, yo, I got to game this dude so I can get into the UFC because that's where the real money is. It's like, yeah, it's as real as it gets, and that's not only a, a slogan. That's also with regards to money. The money in the UFC is as real as it gets. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, look, Dana White at times does things that are entirely unprofessional. Wanna yes. Right now, following around Ronda Rousey like a puppy. Yep. That's because it, it just yep. That's and creepy, and I think he's married with children. Yep. That's even worse. And it's like, <laughs> and, and you know what's funny about it? It's like, it it, it kind of hurts Rousey too because think about it. People are always gonna people are always gonna look for the easy way to disparage somebody. Oh, did Ben drop? Really, really. I apologize for those of you that are waiting to uh, hear the show, but clearly we are experiencing technical difficulties. All right, let me see if this works. I dialed in with Google Voice, and for some reason, Blog Talk Radio still shows me dialed in. Can they hear me in the chat? Please confirm. That way, I know that the shit is working, since clearly they hate. Yes. All right. I apologize for our technical difficulties. It seems that I don't know if it's Blog Talk Radio, God Almighty himself, the devil, Buddha, probably the elephant god, maybe Kratos. Everybody seems to hate the show this evening. So uh, Ben, I don't know, Ben dropped out, Ben dropped off, Ben broke the show, whatever the case may be. If he wants to call back, it's fine. I figured we were going to wrap up the segment anyway. Yes, Dana White is a creepy bastard especially with his relationship with Ronda Rousey. So with that being said, let me uh, let me try and bring Ben back on. Is is he on? Is he not on? No, I don't see Ben on. All right. Well, let me not even jinx it. Let me just 
breeze through it and jump into the wrestling segment because, uh, oh, actually, Ben just said he's calling now. So, anyway, for those of you just tuning in, we had a nice little technical malfunction. I don't know exactly where it went wrong. I don't know if it was on Blog Talk Radio's end. I don't know if it was on Ben's end, my end, somebody's end, but needless to say, the switchboard shows that I am still logged in. I've tried calling in a handful of times, and um, yeah, I ended up having to use Google Voice to dial in, so let me bring Ben back on. Ben. Yo. All right, let's take it home. Since, dude, that was that was some, some Tales from the Dark Side creep show craziness right there because it's showing that I'm still in the switchboard, but I nobody could hear me. So as I was saying yeah, like you, you just went completely silent and like they could still hear me. Yeah, it was it was weird. But as as we were saying, you know, the whole thing with um with Rousey and Dana is very weird. Now they they can unify the belts, which we were discussing. Misha Tate said she was signed, but what concerns me the most is there may be some raping and pillaging of Invicta now to pad that division at 135. That's the only way they'll be able to do it, um, um, which is why I was confused on why they even decided to do this now, because what I thought would be the best way to do women's MMA is for right now, buy Invicta. Yep. Have that be another part of the Zufa LLC. Send Ronda Rousey over there and build that talent up over there. Because then um, you won't have to take card space from the three divisions you have yet to even build. Hell, 125, I think, has like six fighters on the contract. Like, these divisions that you have yet to actually build doesn't take any card space from them. You can do all their fights in Invicta wherever you can. And if the UFC is owning Invicta, you can have Invicta on Fuel. You can have Invicta as a weekly show on Fuel. Right there. Invicta has a TV deal right there on Fuel. But uh, I don't know. Dan White has his heart on for for Ronda Rousey, and he jumped the gun with this. And I, I just don't think it's a good idea. Well, I guarantee you now we'll be seeing a lot more female UFC merchandise. That's for damn sure. Most definitely. <laughs> All right, well. That actually wraps it up. Of course, you can follow Ben on Twitter at Blackout89. Uh, check out all his content on MyTakeRadio.com, his Fighter of the Month, and any other stuff he decides to throw on the site. And ladies and gentlemen, please, Ben is a very approachable dude. He will not stab you or kill you in your sleep. So please do him the favor of commenting on some of his posts or at least reaching out to him directly and let him know what you guys are looking for. Right? Yeah, that would be that would be awesome. <laughs> there you go. All right, man. Thanks again. All right, man. Peace. Peace. All right, guys. That was Ben. Ah, this this. I was hoping the show wouldn't go that route with something going wrong, but clearly it's it's just way too much to ask for. Anyway, you know what time it is? It's that time. We want the gold, sucker. Hulk Hogan, we coming for you, nigga. I guess it's time to talk about Raw. So for those of you that read Buried this week, you will know that Raw was an an abysmal, abysmal three hours. I probably would have fared better getting a hand job 
from a lady with no hands that had hooks than watching Raw. That is how awful it was. It was totally, totally awful. And the worst part of it was, is that when you get to the halfway point of Raw, when you're at around 9.30, and you say to yourself, oh, Raw's almost over. It's not. There's still 90 more minutes of bullshit. And that's what happened this week. This week's Raw was... I don't know if it was because they were in the UK and the audience was crazy, or Linda McMahon was busy setting Vince's money on fire. I have no idea what the fuck happened. But I will tell you that Raw sucked. And of course, you know, you got a couple of decent matches in there. Rey Mysterio, Sin Cara, R-Truth against Cesaro and the primetime players. Um, No-brainer, the faces took it in this one. Daniel Bryan took on Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes actually got the victory there. Then, of course, Rhodes kind of fed Sandow to the Wolves. Kane ended up killing Damian Sandow dead. Um, Brad Maddox comes out, talks about his bullshit of why he got involved in Ryback's match and all this shit. Vince offers him a million-dollar contract if he can beat Ryback. I guarantee you that they will find a way to have him win because from what everybody's been saying and a lot of the sites have been saying, Brad Maddox is a Triple H guy. So take that for what it's worth. Sheamus took on The Miz as they continue to push our favorite pale Irishman at the expense of everyone's favorite former reality star. So Sheamus actually got a really good match out of The Miz, of course, continuing to tease the issues with The Big Show, which is a separate story all its own. Our Divas tag match, ugh. The worst part of this Divas tag match is the fact that Oksana, her wrestling, dog shit. Layla's wrestling, I don't know what's going on. I know she was there with the hometown crowd. She looked really good. Eve Torres, sloppy as shit. I don't know what's been happening. For a chick that trains Brazilian jiu-jitsu and is extremely athletic, her wrestling is sloppy as shit. It's disgusting. Completely and utterly disgusting the amount of slop that went on in that match. Kofi Kingston took on Alberto Del Rio. I was not shocked. They gave Kofi Kingston the pinfall. They're really pushing Kofi, and it showed, especially allowing him to get the victory on Del Rio. Team Cobro, which, again, I'm tired of the of the team moniker in front of tag teams that they've established. Just call them Cobro. Took on my favorite poncho-wearing Puerto Ricans, uh, the Goya brothers. And, of course, Cobro ended up winning. I continue to, to, to just be disgusted by the fact that Primo and Epico are just treated like complete trash. Complete trash. It's like, I understand that, you know, you guys may have had some beef with Carlito when he left. I understand that maybe these guys aren't... The, the 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 most jacked up physically fit guys but guess what with the amount of history and legacy in their bloodline with regards to professional wrestling they deserve the opportunity to perform at an upper level not at not playing jobbers to fucking cobro because seriously that's a paint by numbers thrown together tag team only being utilized to keep santino and poor Zack Ryder relevant it's it's appalling and it's disgusting that they that they bury these poor guys and I'm not even saying it because they're Puerto Rican or any of that shit. I'm saying it because real recognizes real and those guys are athletic, 
They work well together. And sure, you got, you know, you got Fanta Girl out there shaking her ass and everything. But you know what? It's marketable. It, it works. You get to connect with that Latino audience that you're so desperately trying to build. And at every turn, they just bury the shit out of them. The Hispanic audience isn't just Mexican people. You don't. You can't just base your booking on luchadors. If that's the case, why don't you just put masks on them? Why don't you put masks on them with Puerto Rican flags at that point? Since you feel that everybody with a mask is marketable. I swear the writing is just fucking appalling when it comes to that. Seriously. It, it's fucking terrible. And the worst part is that they go out of their way to to just make these guys look like shit. Like complete shit. And it's saddening and it's disheartening to say the least. But what can you do? Let's get into some of the other matches. Of course, besides that, we had another uh, Barrett Barrage squash match, which clearly indicates how low Brodus Clay has fallen. And what ends up happening is Brodus got destroyed by the souvenir elbow in probably two or three minutes. Heat Slater took on one of the Usos, which of course, continuing the 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 decimation of really established tag teams. Heath Slater and his 3MB bandmate Jinder Mahal actually got the pin on Jay Uso. Nice little Impaler DDT borrowed from Edge, aptly titled The Smash Hit, got to Heath Slater the victory this week. And our main event tag match, CM Punk and Dolph Ziggler took on John Cena and Ryback. Obviously, Ryback murder death kill to get Cena and Ryback the pin. Nice little face-to-face with Cena and Ryback, which actually worked rather well. And um, it was good. It was pretty solid from start to finish. I actually really, really enjoyed the chemistry and, and the tease that they were using for that match. It really, really worked out well. I do think that if you're going to successfully do anything with um, Cena and Ryback, it's either going to be a tweener turn for Cena where he's kind of out for himself, or you're just going to have to full-on go face versus face and try and keep the crowd divided enough to where both of these guys can get cheered correctly. I don't know if that's going to be the the thing that makes or breaks that kind of a match, but it's going to be interesting to see Ryback interact with Cena come Survivor Series with the triple threat. Okay, SmackDown was live. Well, it was, I guess, live, given that it was in the UK. But overall, I found it a lot more enjoyable than Raw. Of course, we got another Kofi Kingston-Miz match, which was okay. Kind of wash, rinse, and repeat. Uh, Same thing with primetime players and our favorite Mucha Lucha tag team. Then we got the craziest thing, Wade Barrett and the Big Show versus Sheamus and William Regal. Um, Very, very impressive that they went with uh, Barrett and Big Show getting the win. Um, I'm not shocked Regal got used in the UK because clearly, you know, everybody loves him. Regal is, is... is loved and enjoyed in the UK, so I'm glad that he gets some some time on. But it, the the booking for Wade Barrett at this point is either establish the feud with Sheamus already, or 
find a way to challenge Big Show for the belt and get the belt yourself. Because this continuous uh, rehashing of matches between Barrett and Sheamus every week, it's getting a little old. Del Rio and Orton, little second uh, false count anywhere match just to continue their feud, which was, it was average at best. I mean, it, it was good Orton getting his, his second win, and he got a nice, um, he got some really nice offense kind of after that second commercial break. And I, I actually enjoyed the match. I just really hope they close that feud out, especially with the rumors that I'm hearing that they want to have Orton and Ziggler feud. I'm really hoping that is the case only because that's the kind of match that would probably get people buzzing, especially if you throw the belt on Ziggler. First and foremost, I think Ziggler is is at that point where he can carry SmackDown as a heel. And I know you want to turn Orton heel WWE, but Ziggler needs a guy that can be as athletic as he is in the ring against him. And honestly, I think in, in terms of athleticism, Orton and Ziggler can probably deliver some solid, solid matches. That's all I'm saying. As for Impact, Impact was... Some of the... The opening match with, with Rude and Styles was actually very, very good for an opener. The The shit with ODB and, and Tara and stupid-ass Jesse Goddard from Big Brother, not so much. Uh, I did like what they did. Kurt Angle and Sting took on Devon and Doc... Um, who was Luke Gallows, and the crazy thing was, um, the way they ended it, the Devon, Devon got the uh, DQ with the baseball bat, but they actually got a ball-peen hammer, and Aces and Eights attacked Sting with a ball-peen hammer, and it was probably, it was probably really, really well done, because the camera shots were really tight, and it allowed people to look at it and be like, oh shit, you know, these are, these are working really, really well, so, I like that they did that with Aces and Eights because it gives them a more a trademark weapon, which was good. They 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 came out and yeah, you could give them baseball bats and brass knuckles, but a ball peen hammer. Nothing screams violence like hitting somebody with a hammer shot. It's insane and it worked. It really really worked. Uh, the six man tag with Daniels, Kazarian, and Magnus against Samoa Joe and Chavo Guerrero and Hernandez was really good. And I was shocked that they gave Magnus the pin. But of course, leading into the pay-per-view this weekend, it it works. Last but not least, we had our main event level promo to close things out between Austin Aries and Jeff Hardy, which setting up their ladder match for this weekend. I'm actually looking forward to that match. I feel that Impact as a whole this week was significantly better than Raw from a wrestling standpoint. In terms of production, obviously, WWE leaps and bounds ahead, but I will say Impact delivered on the wrestling front. Now, with regards to the rest of the wrestling news for this week, uh, a couple of things. Uh, we got we got a serious injury bug going on in the WWE. Antonio Cesaro is currently working with a broken hand. Alex Riley, he had arthroscopic surgery on his knee and elbow. So he was, he, he was estimated to be out for six weeks. He's allegedly getting ready for an in-ring return. Derek Bateman, he injured his knee in a match on Saturday Morning Slam a couple of, uh, I think a week or two ago. So he had surgery and he's on the shelf as well. So serious injuries going on. And um, it's unfortunate. I got to applaud Cesaro for working with a broken hand because he's still delivering European uppercuts and taking care of business as best as possible, which which was good. 
I think it was um, perfectly executed. My my big gripe, though, is the fact that you're basically dealing with a guy who is your champion and is working injured, and there's really no time for him to heal up the way he should. This is something that shortens the longevity of WWE's athletes and hope, hopefully doesn't affect Cesaro down the road. All right. A couple of weeks back, we were talking about a, a rumor that went around and a couple of different websites addressed it, WrestleZone, Wrestling Observer, Raja411, about a, a talent that got in Vince McMahon's face and pretty much told Vince that he was out of touch with the product and the audience. People assumed that that was a work. Other people just felt that it was the internet fanning the flames. But it turns out that that superstar has a name. According to WrestleZone and Wrestling Observer, it was John Cena, which I'm not shocked about because John Cena is definitely a guy who I can see being one of the top locker room leaders right up there with The Undertaker and Triple H. So <clears throat> to see that, it, it, it's really great to see. And I, I definitely can understand John Cena's frustration, especially with the decline in ratings and just the overall presentation of the product at, th- at a three-hour broadcast. It's it's not working the way it should, and it's unfortunate. And I cannot, I can't sit here and say that his frustration is not justified. On the contrary, it really is because the product has suffered substantially in the last couple of weeks, especially since the switch to three hours. Now, we all know Tuesday was election day. We got a brand new president. Puerto Rico wants to become a state. Um, Sesame Street is safe from the from the wrath of Mitt Romney. Etc. 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 But one wrestling-related politician did not win her seat, ladies and gentlemen, and that would be Linda McMahon, who conceded her race for the Connecticut United States Senate. She spent over a hundred million dollars on two failed campaigns. She has announced that she will not seek office in 2014. And you know what? I think Vince's wallet needs a fucking break. Two runs in, at politics and not making it. It just, it just sucks. It really, really sucks. So, you know what, Linda? You tried. It didn't work. Take a powder and move on. In some other news, during the WWE conference call, which I discussed last week, we started getting a little bit of a picture of how they're going to do the WWE Network, which has been set, it's being said that it's going to be a premium subscription channel like HBO or Showtime, and they're saying that they're expecting to charge $10 a month for the channel. Now, me personally, I don't have an issue paying $10 a month because you pay that if you want to get WWE on demand. But most importantly, if if the rumor is correct, you're going to get all the smaller pay-per-views on the network and then not have to worry about any other pay-per-views except the big four. Now, if that's the case, think about that. You spend between $30 and $65 on a pay-per-view every month. I know a couple of guys, especially guys with kids who are... Hardcore wrestling fans, they have to shell out the money every month. I've discussed this as well. And the fact is that at $10 a month to get Raw, SmackDown, Attitude Era programming, old wrestling classics, ECW, uh, some of the other classic wrestling federations that they've purchased their tape libraries, plus original programming and the pay-per-views, it's a no-brainer to shell out 10 bucks a month. Shit, that works for me. I have no issue with that whatsoever. <clears throat> In some lighter news, Jerry Lawler has a confirmed via Twitter that he will be at Raw next week. I am very happy to see Lawler back in there. I'm glad to see him back on the microphone, bounce back very, very well 
from the stroke he suffered on air a couple of months back. So definitely it's going to be refreshing to hear the King's voice on Raw once again. Not to say that the announced teams have been garbage thus far, but Lawler works well, and I'm really hoping they keep him and JR and Michael Cole together because, honestly, I think the three of them work really well. One, because you have that banter between Lawler and Jim Ross that is just amazing. And two, that you allow Michael Cole to focus on the play-by-play. You get some in-between banter between all three guys, but then you get dedicated play-by-play from Cole and Ross, which works on on an infinite number of levels to make the product sound better. Well, Jerry Lawler's not the only one that's resuming announcing duties. JBL is assuming announcing duties full-time as well, making his temporary fill-in position now permanent. JBL will be doing SmackDown with Josh Matthews. He stated on his Facebook page, Very happy WWE and I have worked out a deal for me to return on a full-time basis. There came a need when my friend Jerry Lawler had a heart attack and was not able to work. However, I realized how much I enjoyed being back, and this was the basis for my decision to return. I'm actually very happy to hear that, only because JBL on the mic is very good, and he's really good at being a heel announcer, uh, a heel commentator, without going overboard with it like Michael Cole does. So, very happy to see that. I'm glad to see JBL back in there, and I'm infinitely happy to see Jerry Lawler returning to Raw next week. All right. That actually is going to wrap up this week's wrestling segment. I'm going to try, try my hardest to play the sound clip and get into the video games for this week. Let's try it again. Let's get into video games this week. EA announced the return of everybody's favorite uh, two-player dual action game, which, to in my opinion, it's a love-hate relationship with this game, and that is Army of Two, uh, which was announced. EA announced Army of Two, the Devil's Cartel, dropping from Visceral Games on March 26th in North America and March 29th in Europe. The game will continue to feature the co-op gameplay, which we all know and love that is a staple in the series. Now, the funny thing with Army of Two is that when I played the first one, I really did get sucked in with the look of the game, the cool masks, and and I felt that the game just still left a bit to be desired. I, I know a lot of guys that really like the game, and they think that it's, it's fucking fantastic for what it was, but me personally, I felt that it was severely overhyped in numerous publications, and then when the game finally hit the stores, it just did not deliver the experience that I expected with the amount of press behind it. Hopefully, Army of Two steps their game up and they do the right thing, but who knows? At this point, I I like just to see another franchise get the nod, but I'm not 100% sold on the fact that this game is going to be a title that's going to stand on its own two feet. I think it's going to get lost in the shuffle with some of the other games that are coming out, and it's just going to be a game that will probably be a solid rental, but really not a a, a must-have purchase. I'm sorry, that's just how I feel and it's only on the basis of the other of the original game. If if it's improved then great. If it's not, don't say I didn't warn you. Mass Effect fans that are probably on the fence about this may want to put some money aside that they are releasing the official Mass Effect trilogy 
features all three games in one package, probably also will include all the DLC. That's dropping November 6th, which um, it's funny because I went to a couple of stores earlier in the week on my lunch break with my one of my colleagues, and I didn't see it. So when I saw that it was released November 6th, I actually said to myself, I only see just regular Mass Effect. Now, the results may vary, obviously. Maybe GameStop is going to have it and Amazon, but I went into Best Buy and Target and did not see it. So if anybody's out there that has picked it up or actually has seen it in those stores, let me know. I don't want to buy it, but I've really been curious about Mass Effect only because I've played it on and off in passing, and I think that if I want to enjoy the game in its entirety, this might be a good buy for me. So if anybody knows, let me know what the deal is. Um, like I said, the Mass Effect trilogy, November 6th, it came out for Xbox 360 and Windows, and it's going to be available December 4th for the PS3. So if you're feeling left out, PS3 fans, December 4th will be the date for you guys. Some other DLC was announced earlier this week, and that is for Skyrim. Dust off that copy of Skyrim and get ready for Dragonborn, which is going to be um, content which will allow you to ride on the back of dragons. So there you have it. You get to ride on dragons, and you get a host of other little features as well. So there you have it. Dragonborn DLC available for Skyrim. Now, it saddens me to talk about THQ because they've done a lot of great games that I've enjoyed, including UFC Undisputed, uh, their work with Darksiders, and even WWE 13, but it seems that they're not doing so well. Deadline actually reported that the company abruptly ended their Q&A session and also pushed back several titles they have on the calendar, including South Park, which was supposed to be released in March, Company of Heroes 2, and Metro Last Light. They're saying, uh, the management said that the game delays will likely create a need for additional capital. This is something that people are saying is indicative of the company being up for sale. Don't know if that's true, but they are going to be watching those WWE 13 numbers closely. So ladies and gentlemen, if you are a fan of THQ's products and you want to ensure that THQ survives and you're a wrestling fan, then pick up WWE 13, not just because the game is good, but because you get to help a company that's put out some pretty solid titles. That's all I'm saying. Besides the Mass Effect trilogy, which we discussed, Eurogamer and Amazon France leaked out an Assassin's Creed Anthology Edition, which will include the first five console titles of the series, as well as all the single-player and multiplayer DLC and five lithographs for each game. It's being rumored that right now it's going to be available November 28th, and it's going to retail for $192. Again, this is based off information from Eurogamer and Amazon.com, so... Well, Amazon France. So based on that alone, I'm sure we may see something similar in the U.S. Obviously not for $192, probably $199. Uh, $149 would be a better number. But who knows at this point? Maybe they'll they'll cut a couple of things out. Or who knows? Maybe they'll go with the $149 because it's just a more appealing number. But I will tell you that whatever the case may be, they will move some units of the anthology, especially because Assassin's Creed 3 has already sold 3.5 million units in the first week of sales. So people got a lot of love for the Assassin still, and I'm very happy to hear it. I've played pretty much all the games in order, and I'm pretty much all caught up. I just haven't been able to pick up three for 
various other reasons, but from what I've heard, it's a very enjoyable game, and me personally, I'm looking forward to playing it. So, if you're going to hold out or you're just new to the Assassin's Creed series, then I recommend you hold your shillings and pick up the anthology when it drops at the end of the month. Now, wow, serious dry throat going on. Let me drink a little water. Let's talk MPD numbers. Um, couple of crazy things I noticed here. Declines on hardware, declines on software. With, of course, 360 was the top-selling platform with a 40% market share. Accessories, though, did go up. <clears throat> software down $100 million from last year. This year, software sales finished at forty or $432.6 million versus last year's 576.8. Now, one of the reasons that last year was so profitable was because you had titles including Battlefield 3 and Batman Arkham City, so that can definitely be a factor. But a $100 million drop is definitely something to not scoff at. I will tell you that. Now, as for the MPD numbers, let's get into who sold what. Skylanders Giants came in at number 10. Borderlands 2 came in at number 9. Medal of Honor Warfighter came in at number 8. I have a very interesting story regarding Warfighter. FIFA Soccer 13 came in at number 7. Madden was number 6. Pokemon White Version 2 was number 5. Dishonored was number 4. Pokemon Black Version 2 was 3. Resident Evil 6 was 2. And shockingly enough, NBA 2K13 was 1. I actually thought Resident Evil 6 was going to get the top spot and 2K13 was going to get the two spot, but obviously things did not pan out the way I would have thought. But, as I mentioned, Medal of Honor Warfighters in the news, not only because of their great placement on MPD on the MPD list, but because the me- members of SEAL Team 6 were actually disciplined for revealing too many secrets while consulting on the game. CBS reported that while serving as consultants for the game, they used classified material that had been given to them by the Navy. Obviously, for those that live in a fucking cave, like Osama bin Laden, SEAL Team 6 was successfully known for executing the raid that killed Osama bin Laden. Anyway, the seven who are still on active duty have received letters of reprimand and are on half pay for two months. Four other members of the team who have since transferred out of the unit remain on active duty elsewhere and are under investigation. The other thing is, of course, SEAL Team 6 is also featured in Zero Dark Thirty and in the Warfighter DLC as well. So, very interesting that a game that did so well in the MPD numbers caused so much grief for uh, the, the the brave men of, the, of SEAL Team 6 that uh, contributed to the game. Now, here's the crazy thing. Game companies thrive on accuracy. They thrive on making the games feel as real as possible. And one of the things with that is that they try to get as accurate as they can, not only in terms of tactics, but also in terms of weapons. So to see these guys get disciplined, it's unfortunate. But we also got to look at the fact that these guys fucking killed Osama bin Laden. Seriously, you're going to give these guys shit because they, they, they gave some information, some intel to a fucking game? Sure, there are arguments, but... Let's let's be realistic with regards to whatever intel it was. Was it super top secret? Because if it was super top secret and it's that accessible that it can be given to a game designer, then we have bigger problems 
than these guys giving some information for a fucking game. We have national security leaks that are bigger than SEAL Team 6 sharing some tactics and some intel with the guys that are making a game based on SEAL Team 6. Seriously. I mean, our, our government is so weird when it comes to shit like that. They, you know, it's like what I was reading earlier today about um, a drone in Iran that got shot at and it happened like a month or two ago, but it wasn't made public until now. It's like, seriously, you want to make that public now and panic people when it happened months ago? It's, it's fucking insane. It really is. Well, I got two other bits of news to share with you guys. Number one. Fans of Tatsunoko versus Capcom will be saddened to hear that they will not be able to buy the game either in digital or hard copy due to the fact that the licensing that they had with the company has expired. So there you go. Our rights with Tatsunoko, according to um, Christian Svensson, have lapsed so they can no longer sell the game physically or digitally. Uh, Christian Svensson mentioned that in a Capcom Unity thread. Unless Japan were to strike a new deal, I'd say the chances of this happening are slim. So for those of you that are fans of the game and want to play it on your Wii U, you better scour eBay, Amazon, wherever you can, because guess what? You can't buy it ever again. Please be careful, though, because people are going to try and gouge the shit out of it, especially on eBay. So there you have it. Tatsunoko versus Capcom. Hard copies. Not happening. Last but not least, of course, the Christmas creep is slowly making its way through right down to the Black Friday ads that have been leaked all over the place. I did want to share one with you guys, and that is from Best Buy. Best Buy will be opening its doors at midnight on Black Friday. The doorbusters that they got is um, $29.99 for Epic Mickey 2, Darksiders 2, Medal of Honor Warfighter, Battlefield 3 Premium Edition, The Amazing Spider-Man, and Need for Speed Most Wanted. All of those are doorbusters, and they will be $29.99. After that, the other items that they got, you have a Vita Wi-Fi with Black Ops Declassified Bundle for $200. Xbox 360 with Forza 4 and Skyrim for $200. A Flame Red Nintendo 3DS with Super Mario Land 3D will be $150. Then they got a couple of titles at $34.99, including Assassin's Creed 3, Borderlands 2, Diablo 3, Madden NFL 13, Forza Horizon, and FIFA 13. Then you got a couple of games cracking in at $25 a pop, including Avengers Battle for Earth and Just Dance 4. At $15, you'll be able to get yourself Grand Theft Auto 4, the Complete Edition, Halo Reach, and Mortal Kombat Vita. Last but not least, at the bottom of the barrel, for 8 bucks, Dead Island Game of the Year Edition, and Assassin's Creed Revelations for Xbox 360, and also The Sims 3 you'll be able to pick up for $8. I just want to bring Slick on real quick, because, you know, the Black Friday shopping craze is super huge, and I know that there are going to be a couple of titles he wants to bag there. Obviously, from the doorbusters, I'd probably want to grab Need for Speed Most Wanted, and I'd also want to grab at $35 Assassin's Creed 3. And um, <clears throat> probably, I do, I, I'd do. i even pick up Medal of Honor Warfighter for 30 bucks. That's not a bad deal either for Medal of Honor Warfighter. Anyway, let me bring Slick in real quick. Just because I want to hear his thoughts on some of these Black Friday ads. 
Slick, what's up, dude? What's up, man? I don't know, dude. Sound problems out the ass today. I'm seeing that. Well, Best Buy, Walmart, Target, all their Black Friday ads are leaking out. Walmart is going as far as opening on Thanksgiving, I believe at 8 o'clock on Thanksgiving night, which is just disgusting. To the point where it's been... To the point where it's been said that their employees are contemplating going on strike for Black Friday. Well, they should. I mean, damn, you can't even let people enjoy their freaking Thanksgiving dinner. Exactly. And that's why, you know, as someone as someone who is, is involved in, in union dealings with, with their employer, you know that if your employer told you that you're going to have to shorten your Thanksgiving holiday... To come to work because they want to they want to increase their bottom line. How upset would you fucking be? Well, they, they in a way kind of do tell us that, but I mean, I, I still get the actual Thanksgiving off. It's just that I don't get to enjoy the next day to sleep off the the, the food the coma. And that's what I'm saying. That's the thing that that boggles my mind. It's like you have all these these employees that, you know, Thanksgiving is a time to spend with your family and you can't even enjoy it. Even if you're a guy that, you know, wants the occasional drink or whatever, you can't enjoy it because in Walmart's case, you got to be there at eight o'clock at night. That means say you have your dinner at five o'clock. That means you got to digest Thanksgiving dinner at work. It's it's crazy. It's like this is like the the year of corporate greed is 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 showing everywhere. Well, Best Buy. I mean, they have it. Best Buy hasn't jumped the shark yet. I mean, they're opening at midnight, which whatever, it's fine. Uh, I mean, I'm not a fan of that either. But the doorbusters at thirty bucks a pop. I mean, Epic Mickey two, Dark Siders, Dark Siders. You could grab usually on a good week on a good week for forty if it's on sale. Now. In terms of Medal of Honor, Warfighter, Battlefield 3, Amazing Spider-Man you got, do you feel that the Black Friday doorbusters aren't even as good as they could be? Because I kind of feel they are. I mean, Epic Mickey, eh, Warfighter's already been out for a while. Need for Speed Most Wanted probably would be the one that gets the, the my attention because, like I said, it just dropped on Tuesday. Right, the Need for Speed is probably the biggest thing. Because if I'm reading, I read the ad, and it could just be because it's going to be brand new, but the way I'm looking at it, they're only uh, giving a sale on the Wii version of Epic Mickey, not on the Wii U version. Of course not. Which would be the version that I would buy. Exactly. Why why would you buy the Wii version at this point? (laughs) When the system comes out in... In nine days. There are no deals whatsoever on the Wii U games. Nope. Which is crazy because not even not even outside of the regular doorbusters is there anything remotely in line with the Wii U. It makes zero fucking sense and, to me. Um, I'm hoping that maybe they update their ad after, you know, after the 18th. Because, you know, they they sent out the ad to their Premier Silver customers on Tuesday. Right. So it's not like they couldn't change it. Right. 
I don't know. That would also kind of piss me off because if they change it after the 18th and all of a sudden, like, half the the Wii U launch lineup is on sale for freaking $39.99 and I paid full price for the game a few days earlier, I'd, you know, be a bit pissed off. Well, you know, I can actually... That, again, could also be why they're not putting them on sale. I can also see, see, Best Buy is weird for with stuff like that. If I see any company pulling something like that for Black Friday, it would be Toys R Us. Toys R Us are the kind of are the kind of guys that'll be like, oh, you know, buy two get one free, all games. Well, I mean, a lot of people uh, use that sale to get. To get the um, the games they want down the line, like I, I could name some people, but I won't. Um, and lately, Toys R Us has gotten a little smart with that. Like they they go when you when you buy the buy two get one free, they're like the sales aren't transferable. Hmm. Well, that's it's weird. In that case, because when you when you look at that at that kind of stuff, you you're missing you're missing that. Just uh, obviously, one of the big things which which I actually wanted to mention also is that Best Buy is going to price match Amazon, which is a problem. Well, it's only a problem after you see what Amazon has to offer. And the thing is, Best Buy saying they're going to price match Amazon, that really doesn't say too much to me because the the only advantage that Best Buy would have over Amazon is that you would walk into the store and walk out with the game. And as I'm sure you know, Whenever anything's on sale on at, at Best Buy and it's a really good sale, they never have that shit in stock. Right. That is true also. Like, I- if it's not an advertised sale in a paper, if it's like a sale they have online, they never have it. And this so is true. And say they're price matching Amazon, you'll see, like, like you'll see the Need for Speed game at Amazon for like nineteen ninety nine. I'm not saying that's a price, people, so don't quote me on that. No. And then you'll walk into to Best Buy and try to get that shit. Like uh, we're sold out. Well, I can tell you right now, the going well, with we the, don't have it in stock. I can tell you that Assassin's Creed three at thirty five dollars and not a doorbuster will be gone. <laughs> Oh hell yeah! And Forza Horizon also. That, that's probably that and the Need for Speed are probably the best offers. Forza Forza Horizon as well, but like the Forza fans are like they're like the Halo fans. They already have that shit. Yep. Well, I can tell you, and and, and, and I'm not shocked, but I'm definitely didn't expect to see Dead Island Game of the Year edition in the eight dollar pile. I'm not I'm not too shocked about that because for one thing, Dead Island has been out for a while 
the game of the year edition did come out this year, but the actual game is over a year old. Right. And it doesn't sell as well as it should. Ah, okay. See, that's why I figured I'd I'd run that by you just because you've played the game and you know, you, you can you can dispute whether it did or didn't deserve to be priced at eight bucks. Honestly, from a system standpoint, the bundles aren't even impressing me. Like you're getting a two hundred and sixty uh two hundred and fifty gig Xbox with Forza and Skyrim for two hundred dollars. I mean it it's fi- it's fine. It's like games. Right. I mean you you're getting Forza Motorsport forty, you're not even getting Forza Horizon. Which kind of sucks. I don't know. It's like the 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 best the best deals are the, are the ones that you can make on your own. No, I I agree a hundred percent. Black Friday has been consistently going down the toilet. Not even I'm not even pointing that at Best Buy. I'm saying in general, in general, the sales have been going down the toilet, and it's like. This is supposed to be the day that these companies make their dough. Correct. They're just not making it enticing. No, sir. The most enticing thing that they're doing is the fact that, for the most part, people can now armchair Black Friday shop. This is true. Although you don't have to stand out in the fucking cold trying to, you know trying to stay awake after you had all that damn turkey. You don't have to worry about getting freaking stomped to death on a Walmart line. You just got to stay awake and, you know, have, have a decent internet connection. That's it. Oh, I figured, I figured you'd be, you'd be the best person to shed light on that. Honestly, Black Friday has become something where, I mean, I know Best Buy is running. I think they're running a TV for like $180. And, you know, people are going to run over there to kill each other. It's a Toshiba 40-inch, I believe. But the funny part is that nobody's being told that this that, that TV is only 60 hertz. Well, the ad, the ad will say it. Okay? Right. But I'm just saying it from the sense that... of, not to cut you off, I'm just saying it from the sense that the educated consumer is going to be like, really, 60 hertz is fucking worthless. And that that's you said the operative words right there, the educated consumer. Right. Those are the that's fuckers like that'll stay saying, home. <laughs> that's like saying, you know, we are the ninety nine percent. It's like the educated consumer is that one percent. Yeah, because I saw it and you know, I was like, Oh People shit. Forty inch T V for two hundred bucks, you know, I figured it'd be a good gift for like my brother. Which it still may be a good gift for my brother because he doesn't play games, so who cares? But when you broke yeah, there's it, there's still a lot of people who don't know all the details of HDTV. Exactly. Like, give me a flat screen TV with a big screen, and I'm happy. Right. That TV will definitely be bought and resold at least four times before the day is over. Oh hell yeah. Well, there you have it. Anything else you want to add, my friend? Yeah, the um, I get what you're saying on the on the Dead Island. It is kind of sad because 
the game has a love-hate relationship with fans. A lot of people hate the fact that the game has so many glitches, but right. people like myself who really love the game, the glitches actually add to the fun. Yeah, I saw when you guys were, when you except did the one. The, except for the rare time when that shit just crashes out on you, <laughs> the glitches just make it more fun. Well, but you're you're one of those fans that looks past the shortcomings of the games. I mean, I do that too, depending on the game. I look past the shortcomings just based on the enjoyment. It's like as long as you you're enjoying the, your sixty dollar purchase. If it has a couple of glitches, it's like who gives a shit? Hopefully they'll work it out with Riptide. But the crazy thing is, like if you tell me Assassin's Creed Revelations for eight bucks, okay, because it's you know it's been it's been a couple of years. But like we were saying, Game of the Year edition came out this year, and to drop it into the eight dollar bucket is insane. Well, I mean, they got to do something because, I mean, the the biggest deal that I saw, and I can't even really call it a deal, is that they're giving you, I think, like 30 bucks off a brand one of the brand new iPods. That's like, wow, big deal. It's like, unless you're telling me I can go in there and buy a MacBook for $500, I don't give a shit about $30 off an iPod. Get out of here. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's sad. It's like, that's one of the newest products out that they have any kind of quote-unquote deal on. Right. Well, they, they... deal on cell phones. Is, I mean, there were deals on TVs. and that. It's like, the thing is, people are kind of soured on... TVs on Black Friday because, like you said, like I said, there's there's people getting trampled. You got to worry about people trying to rob you. Then there's people fighting in the stores. It's like, you know what? Honestly, fuck a TV on Black Friday. I agree 100%. Fuck that. I'm not going to get myself trampled or killed for that. It's insane. Absolutely not. Like, unless I have Megatron as my bodyguard, I'm not going after a TV on Black Friday. <laughs> no, sir. I agree. I did that once. I went after it for an element. It was an element 32-inch TV that at the time was 720p. I went to Home Depot at 4 a.m., and the only reason I did it is because my co-worker's dad worked in Home Depot. He was a manager, so he had me. He had he let me in, and they were still counting the drawers. I actually picked up a TV for myself, my coworker, and another coworker. So three TVs cost me five hundred bucks. Nice. Thirty-two inch. Never doing that shit again. Hell no! I, I still don't lie down the cold. And the the only thing that that made it worthwhile, even though I did get some deals that time, only thing that made it worthwhile is that I had. A couple of good friends slash coworkers there with me, and some liquor. There you go. But see that when you when you take Black Friday and make it an experience to enjoy with your family or your coworkers, and you have some fun with it, it's fine because you know you can strategize. You can be like, "Look, get on this line. I'm gonna get on this line at this other store. If you get in there, bag this and this, and meet me here." And that's fun, you know. Like like that's okay when you're in a strategy type of an environment. But when it's just you trying to kill yourself for a laptop 
that has less power than an Etch-A-Sketch and you're worried about buying it because it's $150 at the risk of getting shot, you are a fucking idiot. Especially because you're probably going to lie, like you said, to resell that shit. Because that's what it is. And and it's not even a racial thing. When, when my wife used to work at Best Buy, I'd drop her there and there'd be... There'd be, I don't know, the first 10 people on the line at 3 o'clock in the morning were all Asian. They would walk, they would run through the door at 3 a.m., at, at, when they opened at 5 a.m., excuse me, run in, and buy three and four laptops and TVs together as a family, as a family, and walk out. It was insane. And it's like, look, dude, if you're buying a TV and a laptop, maybe it's a gift for one person, a gift for another person, but you're all together and each of you are carrying one of each, that's a problem. That's why best I put a stop to that shit. Dude's killing each other. It's insane. Anything else, my friend? Nah, I'm very interested to see how Black Friday turns out. I, for one, even if I magically have the day off, which I doubt I will, I'm not going to be going out on the line unless there are friends, like, again, friends that I know that, you know, are going out on the line just need some backup because I'm one of those people who will stand in line just to back up a friend. Right. But other than that, like I said, Armchair shopping. Yes, sir. I agree. All right. Well, I uh, let me get into this this entertainment segment. I know that Dark Helmet is holding. Let me bring him on real quick, and uh, I will catch you later. All right, man. Peace. Peace. All right, ladies and gents, that was slick. I know Dark Helmet was holding. Dark Helmet, welcome back. Hello. What's going on? Got to agree with what you and Slick were saying as far as Black Friday and all the bullshit that goes on with it. Especially just for the people working, you just have to feel sorry for them. You know they're hating their life, having to get there at like 3 a.m., fight their way through crowds of people who are like, ooh, Jesus, 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 that one. You're like, whoa, 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 chill. It's true. And the worst part is that you're fighting for some of the most bottom of the barrel shit. Like you're literally going to fight with someone on a line for a 32 inch television made by fucking Polaroid. Yeah. And if you're not careful while you're looking at, Ooh, I want to buy this $25 game. I want to buy this $25 game. Someone is lifting the TV from your cart into theirs. And if you're not careful, it'll happen and they'll get away with it. I remember years. I remember years ago, and this was before like Black Black Friday hysteria hit like an apex. I was I remember I was young, and my brother and I we went to a toy at the time. I think it was either Toys R Us or Lionel Kitty City, one of the two. And two women, two grown women, got into a legit hair pulling fist fight because a woman went. This was during the time when Power Rangers was out. This woman, the guy, the lady went. Had a guy from the back bring her out a Megazord. She put it in the cart. She turned around to go and grab some other stuff. 
a lady rolled by, took the Megazord out of the cart, and as she was rolling, walking down, the other lady caught her, and they proceeded to get into a knockdown, drag-out brawl. The lady was like, you bitch, you fucking took that out of my cart. And of course, the other lady was like, no, I didn't take shit. I found it. It was on the floor. And it's like, it really wasn't. She clear, dude, she consciously took the shit out. So, you know, me and my brother, I think he was buying, he was buying something for my sister at the time. And these ladies were like, well, you know what, bitch, you're going to give that back. And the lady's like, you know, I'm not giving you shit. So she turned around she was rolling, strolling along and the lady grabbed her by her hair and smacked the <laughs> shit out of her for a Megazord. And they just proceeded to beat the fuck out of each other in the aisle. And the toys got knocked off the shelves. The lady, one lady, she was kind of heavy set. She threw the other skinnier lady into like a pile of games and shit, like board games. And they all fell on her. Oh, it was crazy. She's like, bitch, I'm going to oh, cut really? you. you Dude, I'm, I'm sitting there and this lady literally is like, bitch, I'm going to cut you. You are going to cut a woman for a plastic robot. It's disgusting. Seriously. Or the freaking lady that pepper sprayed a whole bunch of kids or whatever the hell it was last year. Oh, yeah, Walmart. Got her, yeah, yeah, got her stuff, pepper sprayed people, got away, and then she got arrested a few days later. Like, but the, Damn, people, it's not freaking worth it. Holy nope. shit. Well, the worst part is that the pepper spray thing, that's the norm. And you know who always do it, who always does it? Old people. <clears throat> Because old people, they go and they're like, wow, I'm going to wake up and go get this 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 replica radio that looks like a jukebox and plays CDs. And I can plug my iPod into it. It's $45. And while they're there getting that one thing, the, cr- the crowd of people run in. They get scared. And the pepper spray comes out because they don't want to get trampled. That's the, that's the issue. Like, I can understand if you pepper spray somebody that tried to rob you outside the store. But you are pepper spraying a complete crowd. Yeah, that's just so fucked up. I mean, it's just sad. It is sad. But you know what? As a Florida resident, you know that some crazy shit happens down there for Black Friday. Oh, yeah. You know that that too well. In Florida, Black Friday, it's always woman gets trampled in Walmart. Security guard gets assaulted. Walmart greeter gets peed on. Yeah, it sounded all right. That's why I stayed a hell away from any of that on Black Friday. I'm like, Black Friday, no, I'm going to sleep in. There you go. I can do that. Is there anything you plan on picking up? Whether online or... or... If, if I do, I'll figure it out probably online, you know, don't have, where I won't have to worry about it. Makes sense to me. Fuck the crowds. Yeah, fuck the crowds. I, I can order it, have it shipped. If it arrives on time, cool. If not, hey... Whatever, no rush. There you go. Anything else to add, my friend? No, that's about it, unless something really funny happens in the movie section, or the entertainment section. There you go. Guys, make sure to follow Rob's Cookies on Facebooks, on Facebooks, on Facebook, uh, maker, maker of fine organic cookies and sweet treats, and he sends them right to your house. Rob's Cookies on Will Facebook. Do. All right, dude. Thanks again. Thank you. See ya. All right. Now, let's try and do this entertainment segment, but 
let's try and do it without using the stupid sound effects machine. So let's just do it the regular way, shall we? First things first, let's let's dig into the time machine of our childhood and talk about Boy Meets World. Now, for those of you that aren't familiar with Boy Meets World, you guys need to get out more. Anyway, Boy Meets World was with Ben Savage, brother of Fred Savage from the Wonder Years, and his friends Topanga and uh, what the hell was the other kid's name? Shit. I don't know. his name. I know his real name was Ryder Strong, but... Um, the fact is that Boy Meets World is actually coming back. Get this, TV Line says that the Disney Channel is working on a sequel to the show titled Girl Meets World. According to the site, they're saying that they want to get Ben Savage and Daniel Fischel back as Corey and Topanga, and the new show would focus on their preteen daughter. If you guys don't remember, Boy Meets World ran from 1993 to 2000. And Corey and Topanga did get married at the end of the sh- at the end of the series, so it should be interesting to see to see that not only because it's a trip down memory lane, but frankly because it's something that actually, in the grand scheme of things, makes perfect sense. Especially if it's going to be something on the Disney Channel. Think about it: you take the two characters, they get married in the real world. You know, they're going to have kids. It's just a natural progression. And doing that in a, in a format for the Disney Channel, I see it working. Will it work for the same duration, seven years? I have my doubts. But at least it's something that falls in line with a show that actually makes sense. I, I, I gotta give the devil its due. I wouldn't mind seeing it just for the, for the simple nostalgia of it all. Will it catch on? That is another story. Alright, box office time. As a shocker, it shouldn't come as a shock to anybody... Wreck-It Ralph was number one. Now, I expected Wreck-It Ralph at number one and The Man in the Iron Fist as number two, but that, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, was not the case. Flight was number two, $25 million. Argo, number three. The Man with the Iron Fist was number four, took in $8.2 million. Taken Two was number five. Cloud Atlas was number six. Hotel Transylvania was seven. Paranormal Activity Four was eight. Here Comes the Boom was 9. Silent Hill Revelation was 10. I guarantee you probably next week, uh, 007 will be number 1. Wreck-It Ralph will probably be number 2. And Flight will be number 3. That's how I see it. I think it's it's crazy that Cloud Atlas just hasn't made the money that I thought it would make considering all the effects and all the buzz surrounding that movie. For it to have looked, it looked like it cost so much and it's only not, it hasn't even cleared $20 million yet. Now, last week, we talked about Star Wars and Lucasfilm being purchased by Disney. It seems that now Entertainment Weekly is reporting that Harrison Ford is open to returning to the series, to returning to the new trilogy. So look at that. You may actually get to see an old Han Solo and an old Princess Leia. Maybe they'll go with the, with the Jedi twins that they went with from the books. If that's the case, you can actually create a completely new universe and still use the existing cast. 
So it's going to be very interesting to see. Star Wars Episode 7 is expected to hit theaters in summer 2015. I know Slick spoke highly of the Dark Knight Returns on Blu-ray. The second part of that will be in stores January 29th, 2013. So there you have it. If you've been anxiously awaiting for a release date for part two of that series, you'll be able to pick that up January 29th. Need for Speed picked up a new cast member as Dominic Cooper is in talks to co-star with Aaron Paul in DreamWorks Need for Speed. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is based on the Need for Speed game. Now the story, here's the, the plot synopsis. It's, it's very, very harebrained. Uh, the story follows an underground race car driver played by Aaron Paul who owns a garage that modifies expensive cars to make them faster for racing. Framed and sent to prison... When his best friend is murdered during a race, he seeks revenge upon his release. Dominic Cooper will be playing the other driver, Dino, an ex-NASCAR driver who uses his connections to create a business, rebuilding and modifying supercars. Also rumored to be joining the cast, Imogen Poots from Fright Night is in talks to play an exotic car dealer who does business with Aaron Paul and with Dominic Cooper. So there you have it. EA's Patrick O'Brien will be producing it. And Mark Sorian and John, along with Mark Sorian and John Gattins. The film is expected to be in theaters February 7th, 2014. So there you have it, Need for Speed, getting the big screen treatment. In some other news, our our buddy Michael Jai White, his Mortal Kombat reboot will be returning to the big screen. Uh, Kevin Tansharoen will be bringing that digital version to the big screen with an expected budget of 40 to $50 million. As of right now, we don't have any sort of a release date, but it is in the works. Also, I shared a bit of news on the fan page earlier this week about The Rock playing Hercules in a Hercules movie directed by uh, Michael Bay-level hack Brett Ratner. Uh, The movie is Hercules and the Thracian Wars, which I discussed before. Um, Ratner is going to be directing it with a script written by Ryan Condal. Um, it's actually impressive to see that they're going to try and give The Rock a starring role as somebody, as as you know, as a character so well known as Hercules. Not because The Rock can't do it, but just because when you think Hercules, you don't really think uh, dark, jacked up Samoan. But to each his own, we'll see if The Rock can carry it. Hopefully they don't decide to give him long hair, because honestly when The Rock's hair grows in, his hairline is practically in the middle of his head. It looks like the equator on a globe in a kindergarten class. So please, if you are going to be Hercules, either keep that hair short or give him a fucking hairpiece, because it's going to look like shit. Do not give The Rock long hair. If you want to see how bad it looks with long hair, just look at the Scorpion King, which you can just look at how hacky that shit was. Please, let's not have that. Now, if you guys remember also earlier tonight, I shared on the fan page Michael Bay and the Transformers 4 logo. Now, there were a couple of rumors which I addressed on a couple of shows about Mark Wahlberg allegedly joining the cast. Michael Bay put the kibosh on those rumors initially, but it seems that he has had a change of heart and the internet succeeded in getting Michael Bay and Mark Wahlberg to work together in Transformers 4. Michael Bay released the following statement. Mark is awesome. We had a blast working on Pain and Gain, and I'm so fired so fired up to be back working with him. An actor of his caliber is the perfect guy to reinvigorate the franchise and carry on the Transformers legacy. 
So there you have it. Mark Wahlberg will be in Transformers 4. Who he'll play? Who knows? But now we know at least that we got one guy involved. Let's see how other, how many other uh, high-grade, A-caliber actors are going to be dragged into the next Transformers film. Obviously, me personally, after the statement released by Hugo Weaving, I wouldn't even bring him back as Megatron or Galvatron for that matter. I would give that honor to the always impressive and hard-working Frank Welker. He deserves it, and he's earned it. Honestly, if Peter Cullen can reprise his role as Optimus Prime and bring that vision to life for theater-goers, Frank Welker deserves that honor as well. Seriously. It's ridiculous. If you don't want to do the fucking movies, then don't bitch about them either. Simple as that. As for Mark Wahlberg's casting... I'm going to take a wait-and-see approach with it. If you want to see the new Transformers 4 logo, make sure to hit up our Facebook fan page, facebook.com forward slash mytakeradio. To close up the entertainment segment for this week, Skyfall has already surpassed The Dark Knight Rises to become the highest-grossing film of the year in the UK. It's made 57, it's made 57 million pounds, I guess, is what you want to go with. I believe that's right. The... Yeah, it is pounds in the UK. Yeah, 57 million pounds, which is $91.7 million here in the US. That's higher than the 2006 total for Casino Royale, which was 55.6 million pounds, which was 88.8 million in US dollars. Worldwide, the movie has grossed over $287 million as of last Sunday. The movie is poised to become the highest grossing James Bond movie of all time. Well deserved. Skyfall opens here in the U.S. on November 9th, and you'll be able to pick it up. Uh, You'll be able to check it out in IMAX, and I believe it's also IMAX 3D, if I'm not mistaken. But I know for certain that it definitely is IMAX. I think that Daniel Craig has been kicking kicking ass as James Bond. Hopefully he can make up for the subpar second film that he did. And uh, Quantum of Solace was fucking bullshit. So I'm really pumped for Skyfall, and hopefully... I can have a review for you guys as well. Okay, that's it. We sprinted to the finish minus some technical mishaps here. We are actually going to be able to wrap up the show on a high note. So there you have it. Um, Andrew is the winner of Season 10's Red vs. Blue on Blu-ray. Be on the lookout for the 14-disc Red vs. Blue complete Blu-ray box set, which I will be giving away. And I'm also going to be giving away... A the best of red versus blue on DVD. Um, I'll find a way to give that out. Maybe I'll do that as a Twitter giveaway later on this weekend. If you want to participate in that, or just follow us on Twitter, MTR. Uh, excuse me, MTR host. It's at, at my take radio on Twitter. All right, let's take it away. You've just heard my take radio episode one hundred and sixty-two for Thursday, November eighth, two thousand and twelve. If you have any questions, concerns, or would like to be a guest on a future episode, you can email me at mtrhost at mytakeradio.com. You can also hit us up on our feedback line, 347-815-0687. That's 347-815-0MTR. Last but not least, you can find us on various social media networks, including Facebook, facebook.com forward slash mytakeradio. Also look for us on Twitter, at mytakeradio. And last but not least, add us to your circle on Google+. Make sure to do that because Google+, actually allows us to do some pretty cool shit. 
And of course, make sure to visit MyTakeRadio.com. If you want MTR to go, pick up the Android or iOS app. It's $1.99 for Android. You can bag it at the Amazon Android Marketplace. For iOS, of course, iTunes is your solution. Besides that, you can also hear the show on Stitcher, Blog Talk Radio, Zoom Marketplace, TuneIn Radio, and good old iTunes. Now, if you are getting the show from iTunes, we'd really appreciate if you take a minute and review the show and give us some star ratings. We'd really love to crack that top 100 on iTunes. It's a personal goal, and it's a big accomplishment if we do it. So please just take a moment, rate us. We would really appreciate it. All right. Taking us out this week will be Artificial Fear's rendition of the Walking Dead theme, which if you're not following Artificial Fear, he is fantastic. Look for him on YouTube. It's a YouTube.com, I believe, Artificial Fear, and all his links will be in the show notes. All right. Thank you guys for dealing with our technical mishaps and for calling in. I will catch you guys next week, hopefully with some gas. Not that kind of gas, not gas that'll make you fart, but gas that will allow me to drive to work. All right, guys. Peace. Oh, it's <laughs> That's all, folks.